Which movie are we talking about again? Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> we're, so we're talking about Electra. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I didn't. I didn't do my homework, so I'm just going to make stuff up. <laughs> no, I mean, you could. You probably could about that movie. <laughs> anyway, welcome to Films from the Phantom Zone, your podcast about failed and forgotten comic book movies. My name is Arnaldo, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host Birdo. And today we're joined by a special guest. Chris, I yeah. yes. this is where I introduce <laughs> myself. Okay, I, yeah, I didn't. I, I was wasn't like, sure yeah. if you were going if there was more to that, but no, it's me, Chris. Hi. Usually, our our only guest we've had is my wife Sable, and she just interrupts like right at the top of the show. Oh, and introduces herself. So this is this is new territory for yeah. us. Uncharted. We're not so. used to polite yeah. people. Oh, I know. <laughs> so Which is funny because we just had a whole thing about how uh, rude I was on uh, on on our show. <laughs> so, oh, I, 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 I apologize listened, for yeah. interrupting because uh, um, so, I'm the interrupter on uh, on our show. So. so yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Chris is here from Assembly Required Podcast. It's an MCU retrospective. I don't know if you want to say anything about it. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'll just I'll real briefly. So it's a show I started with some good friend. Well, I say I started. I didn't start it. They told me about it at, at my wedding. They said, hey, we're starting a podcast. Oh. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, cool. Um, so it's uh, called Assembly Required, an MCU retrospective. And it is hosted by my dear friend Eduardo. And along with us is my, our friend Peaches, as we call him, and Robbie, and then me. And we've had several guests on, including Arnaldo. And yes. we started at the beginning of the MCU. We we went through every movie retrospective. For background, my wedding was the week after Endgame came out. So we started at Iron Man, went all the way through Endgame. We've taken a few detours here and there. We did the first season of Daredevil. We did a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles episode, because why not? And uh, <laughs> totally now we... Unrelated. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we took the, t- the step from Daredevil to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Because oh, yeah. they're, they're uh, related. Yeah. We we just did an episode on Daredevil, the 2003 movie, and we had a lot to say about the Ninja Turtles as well. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Because because uh, that's that's such a weird connection there. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you know what the hell we? Well, we all liked different things about the turtles when we were kids, except for Peaches, right. who had never seen anything. So it was a lot of different wow, perspectives wow. there. Because uh, like I grew up on the cartoon. Robbie and I loved the toys. Eduardo yeah. watched a later cartoon. <laughs> uh so it was it was a lot uh, of fun early, and we've been doing 2000s. weekly uh yeah yeah i think one the of edgy one the edgy yeah, one. The edgy yeah. One, yeah but uh yeah and we are just uh as of this recording we will be recording our wandavision series finale episode this weekend yeah, uh, nice. yeah so we've been doing weekly weekly episodes for wandavision that's when uh right we had, we had arnaldo on for one of our wandavision episodes it's been a lot of fun kind of doing six. the weekly. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. That was a good was, episode, too. It was the Halloween spooktacular, which I didn't bring up. I'm a Halloween baby. I was born yeah. on Halloween. Halloween's a big deal for, for me growing up. So I, didn't even think I was glad about I was that. able to be on that one. Yeah. Yeah. It was very appreciate that you would be on our Halloween yeah, episode. Yeah. And that's actually my favorite episode. Oh, is it really? Because I'm a big Malcolm in the Middle fan. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm not, I'm, I was really happy to, to have caught that reference right away. Yeah. yeah. They nailed that. That was so good. But yeah, no, check us out if, if you are so inclined. Uh, we've had a lot of fun. It's uh, the kind of show where we go off on a lot of weird tangents and have a lot of weird inside jokes by this point. Uh, hashtag surveillance stork. But, surveillance uh, stork, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite inside joke. Yeah. I don't get it. 
Yeah, one of them thought that the stork in episode three. Yeah, I think it was the one that she couldn't control. Yeah, Yeah. they thought that it was like sword was spying on them through the stork. Am I am I wrong here? Yeah, no, he thought that it was sword or or (laughs) Agatha, which we didn't know about Agatha, but we assumed. Or this is also back when everyone's like, "Oh, Mephisto." So we're like, maybe Mephisto sent the stork. We're still saying Mephisto. Uh, (laughs) upset Mephisto didn't show up in the last 45 minutes of the show yeah there wasn't that much you were never going to be pleased anyway yeah Yeah, and there wasn't that many clues for that the last episode should have eased your mind that okay it's it's really just going to be Agatha and it's really going to be White Vision yeah and which it was and I was fine with that because I expected that Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't have any wild theories. No, so. it, it was fun to hear about them, though. Yeah, but well, we're not it? here to talk about one. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> we're here to talk about Man of Steel. Sorry, you usually tell us what we were watching, but I did it for you. That's fine. Less work for me. <laughs> so this is a bonus episode because we talk about failed and forgotten comic book movies. And those are franchises that no longer exist. And since this is a part of a franchise that is currently technically ongoing, we were not supposed to talk about Man of Steel. But uh, the Snyder Cut comes out on March 18th, Zack Snyder's Justice League. And so in preparation for that, we are doing bonuses on Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. So we hope to get those out before March 18th so we can... Just kind of get our bodies ready for <laughs> Justice League, the Snyder Cut. We also want these episodes to be relevant. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> we got we to gotta hit that wave when it comes. So Man of Steel is not currently streaming it anywhere. It's oh, it's on HBO Max. It is? That's how I watched of, it. So When, when well, was that? Today? Uh, Early, it was uh, yesterday, yeah. It, it or two wasn't days ago. a week ago. Yeah, it's like on and off. Yeah. Oh well, they yeah. HBO Max is weird about their DC movies. I don't like it. I'm I got lucky then because otherwise I would I would not be I would not because we saw a section that said like get ready for like the Justice League movie and then Man of Steel wasn't on there. That's so weird. Yeah, like random movies like Aquaman was on there. I'm like, okay, (laughs) sure, but that came after. So I also don't like that movie. Searching, searching Man of Steel reminded me that the movie Ma existed. Do you remember What's that one? That? Oh, oh, Oct- oh, Octavia uh, Spencer in a horror movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I didn't see it. So it may be on HBO Max and it may not. Always yeah. check. Um, I just found out. I don't know if BVS is back on HBO Max. It wasn't a, a little, couple of days ago. It wasn't on there. Yeah. But I, I own all these movies, so it's fine. But they're re-releasing Batman vs. Superman on 4K in an IMAX format, but I think this time it's just 16 by 9. I think it's just a little bit bigger uh, with some new color corrected bullshit. It, it's a remaster. <laughs> it's um, a Star Wars special edition. Basically, yeah. And that's coming out. Oh, we're I finally think, getting that job of the hut scene. <laughs> I, th- I think that's coming out right. Be- <laughs> I think it's coming out right before Snyder Cut comes out or, or right after one of those. But in March, it's going to be this new movie because it's coming out on 4K Blu-ray also. Okay. So it's going to be this. Wonder Woman 1984 comes out on Blu-ray also this month. And then Snyder Cut's hitting HBO Max. So oh, there's, a lot a, of there's a lot of DC, DC stuff yeah. happening. Uh, so again, just check HBO Max. It might be on there. It might not. So sorry. Otherwise, <laughs> time cone's in the description. Um, but let's just get into it. You guys ready? Yeah, let's, let's, let's go. Do it. 
initial expectations. So basically, what were your expectations going into this movie when you first saw it? And what were your expectations going in just now when you rewatched? Uh, the very first time I watched it, I was actually very hyped for this movie. Because I was like, oh, is this going to be a Superman movie that doesn't suck? Yeah. <laughs> and um, it was a good movie. I'm not a fan of the third act. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, besides that, like everything leading up to that is just all great for me. So when watching it this next time, I was kind of expecting the same thing. And yeah, it, same thoughts. I think it was the trailers that really the trailers are really very good. good, very artistic. Yeah. But that's also Snyder. Right. 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 Chris. Yeah. I remember being really intrigued by it because i remember them being like oh christopher nolan is producing a superman yep. movie and i was like okay well that that's interesting uh, and looking back it's like you know nolan isn't necessarily a great fit for superman he was a fantastic fit for batman but that was like a grounded and i, I yeah hate when people talk about like grounded superhero movies like like that's <laughs> i don't know it's just so cliche at this point but but really like his take on batman as a crime movie where a guy dressed like a bat like really really worked yeah but i was excited to see like what he brought to superman but he'd also kind of expressed that he wasn't necessarily super interested in superman hence <laughs> them bringing yeah. in a different director yeah um, right but you know i was like okay you know i i still wanted to see it i was like all right i I guess I'm, I'm I'm probably in the minority on this one. I actually enjoyed at least the first two Christopher Reeve movies. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're very popular. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's the third one where it starts going downhill, right? Oh, I, I stopped watching after those. You oh, know, okay. I, I, I heard I heard that I heard the three and four are bad. I guess like, I won't watch those. Well, <laughs> um, oh, don't worry. We'll do that for you. Yeah, we exactly. are doing that's, that. That's, you, you guys so. do do provide such a great service. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> So I was, but I was, I was excited to see it. And it's one of those movies where I liked it well enough when I saw it with a few problems. I did have a few problems with it. And it's one of those movies that the more I thought about it, the bigger those problems felt to me. Okay. And the more it kind of, and that has actually happened to me that I had the same reaction to Batman versus Superman as well. Okay. I was like, I liked it. Well, I, was, I remember leaving that and thinking, well, that was better than I thought it was going to be because at, by that point I had low expectations because of <laughs> how much I had come to not really love how man of steel had gone. Okay. So when that ended up being, an, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. When that ended up being an all right move, I was like, Oh, you know, that wasn't so bad that I thought about it. I was like, Oh, but then this and that. So revisiting this was interesting because it was like, Am I going to like it more than I remember? Am I going to dislike it more than I remember? Mm -hmm. And I guess we'll probably find out as we talk about it. Yeah, I was about to say, don't don't spoil it. (laughs) I won't spoil it, no. So, yeah. So this was was convince me. Convince me this movie is good. And we'll see if if I was convinced this time. Mm. The trailers for this movie were were really exciting. They they showed a lot of these really artistic Snyder shots. Mm -hmm. And then the name Christopher Nolan was attached. And this was... The trailer probably came out 2012 because it's a 2013 yeah. movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is the year that The Dark Knight Rises came out. So people are people are hyped for oh, it. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're super hyped. They're on the Batman train right now. And so when they see super Chris Nolan now producing and writing for a Superman movie, they're just going to hop off one train and get on the other. Right. I think some people thought it was going to be connected too. I mean, maybe. Yeah. And that's the funny part is that then like a couple years later or no, like later that year. Batman versus Superman is announced with a brand new Batman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of like 
we just got out of Batman and now we're getting into a different one. It it did seem a little too soon. Did I, I ever I tell you fun, my yeah. idea for how I wanted them to introduce Batman into this new DC universe they were building? I mean, maybe, but go ahead. Okay, so <laughs> so they announced, uh, and this might have even been before, they, uh, it was either before they announced Batman versus Superman or shortly after. I was like, you know, here's how I wish they did it. And it's the kind of thing that they might do now, but the, I... I don't want to like say I was ahead of my time, but I was ahead of my time. So here's what the, what they should have done. <laughs> Man, of Steel, Man of Steel comes out and people feel all kinds of ways about it. But the third act, which we would say probably begins when General Zod broadcasts his uh, his message to the world. And now the world knows that Superman is there and then, then the big fight happens and superheroes are a thing. So what they should have done, and granted this would not have worked with the Ben Affleck Batman. So this is before Ben Affleck was Batman, before we knew they were going with old Batman. Right. Here's assuming that they're introducing a new Batman. You have a Batman TV show and you introduce a new sort of unknown young actor as Batman. Batman has already been established for a little bit. So like it's sort of like a Batman year one kind of thing where Batman already exists, but he's still new enough that we're not telling the origin story again. But we're starting to introduce the world of Gotham City, Batman, him becoming more and more prominent, getting some of his rogues galleries. And then the season finale is Batman in the Batcave and the screen comes up with you are not alone. And that's how we establish that he is part of this universe. And now Batman is like, oh, OK, what's up with the Superman guy? And that would have blown some people's minds. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. But you mean and, and that would have led into this movie? And that well, that would have led into a uh, so Man of Steel would have already happened. Oh, okay, right, and right, this would have right. led into a Batman versus Superman, yeah. where it's a younger Batman. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, there was that that moment on in Comic Con, which might have been like one of the biggest reveals ever, when they <laughs> they announced the sequel to Man of Steel, and people were like, "All right, yes, yeah, sure, sure, cool, you're going to do a sequel." We know, right? Uh-huh. You're not going to do just one Superman movie. Yeah, and then they show the logo. And then the logo broadens and widens a little bit more. And then the bat logo is right behind it. And people lost their shit. It was They're a good reveal. The movie from the I Am Legend poster. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, and, and that was such a moment because it's what people wanted. Avengers had already come out. Mm-hmm. You know, Marvel's already doing their thing. And DC yeah. fans are like, you already have the pieces for this. Like, just go and do it, right? So my expectations, I was super excited for this movie back in 2013. I was, I was big into the Dark Knight trilogy. Mm-hmm. The first time I saw it, I was a little confused by the end. I didn't know how I felt. I had to watch it a couple more times, okay. which is not that's not a good feeling to have when you get out of a movie, honestly. Um, yeah, confusion. Like, did, did I like it? Did I? Yeah. Do I hate this or do I love it? You know, but the more times I watch it, I feel like the more I like it. So this is a movie that like grew on you. As it it is. Yeah. Um, and then this time it, it hadn't seen it in a little while. So I had those questions. I was like, am I going to dislike it more or am I going to like it more? Or am I just going to kind of be in the same place? You know, like which which is it? And then when. When Birds of Prey came out, I couldn't enjoy it while I was watching it because I, I already knew that this uni- universe was defunct, you know, <laughs> at that time, which was early 2020. We didn't know what was going to happen. You know, we didn't know the Snyder Cut was coming out. We didn't know that Affleck was going to come back for The Flash. Because yeah, the only like, real Fred. news was like, oh, they're going to try to reboot everything with Flash. Basically. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I watched that movie upset because I'm like, 
okay, cool. Here's a pretty interesting movie set in a Gotham City that we're never going to see again. So what's the point? We're never, and, and they make references to Jared Leto's Joker. You see like a silhouette of him in that movie. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's nice, but he's not coming back. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to see any of this. So what's the point of this movie? Why does this movie exist? And it, it sucked because the movie is not not bad. I like that film. It's way um, better than Suicide Squad. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a fun <laughs> movie. I like it a lot. But I couldn't enjoy myself in the theater because I'm like, why are, why are we even doing this? Yeah. This seems, I don't know. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, on this rewatch, again, that Snyder Cut hype was also kind of fueling me a little bit, you know? So okay. I'm like, I, I definitely want to revisit this. On an alien world of Krypton, Jor-El, Russell Crowe, and a hovering AI assistant deliver the baby of his and his wife, Laura. As Krypton is subtly rocked by seismic activity, Jor-El goes into Krypton's elder council to plead them to stop mining the planet's core for energy. But they are interrupted by an insurrection attempt led by General Zod, Michael Shannon. Me and Berto were like, too soon. <laughs> uh, Zod believed the time for deliberating is over, as the planet is due to implode onto itself and murders a council member to seize control of Krypton. Jor-El escapes him to steal the Codex and return to his house. I had forgotten, by the way, about the weird way they make babies on Krypton in this movie. I had completely forgotten that aspect of this. Yeah. Um, But I will say, I am always a sucker for weird alien creatures, so I was like, you know, I'm digging this beginning. (laughs) Zod attacks as Laura readies the baby, now named Cal, on a capsule to launch with the Codex on board. Zod stabs Jor-El and witnesses the capsule launch into space. Krypton's officials arrest Zod and imprison him and his team into the Phantom Zone. The Phantom Zone. Phantom hey, Zone. that's the name of the podcast. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Krypton implodes as explosions surround Laura. So yeah, so what you're saying, they practice eugenics <laughs> yeah. on this planet. Yeah. The, a lot of this movie and it was just normal yeah, yeah, yeah and they explain it a little bit later but a lot of this movie a lot of this movie is predicated on the fact that they are like designing babies yeah right mm-hmm. and no, that's and just normal that's how zod they is upset at the way cow was born he thinks it's heresy yeah right yeah. because they the old fashioned way gross yeah <laughs> You had you guys sex. fucked? Yeah. <laughs> you touched uh, your boobs? <laughs> <laughs> and Jor-El's like, yeah, yeah. have you seen my wife? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's hot. Uh, I didn't write who played her. Um, but a couple things here, and we were talking about this because of the casting of Supergirl. Mm-hmm. They casted uh, a Latina woman, and I forgot her name, Sasha, Sasha Calle, I think. And it kind of fits because if, if you guys notice everybody on krypton is white with dark hair and they look either like well they look white but they also kind of look mediterranean um yeah so i think she might be greek the the, the lady who plays laura she's very mediterranean looking right mm-hmm. i think that's part of what they're doing here because michael shannon doesn't have black hair they dyed his hair i just looked at her name is Ailet zurer and she is israeli Oh, okay, cool. Which explains yeah. why I'm sitting there thinking, oh, she sounds like Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah, well, she sounds that like Gal Gadot. That makes, a, that makes yeah. a whole lot of sense, yeah. But yeah, I think it's intentional that they l- all look the same. Because like I was saying, Michael Shannon's hair is not naturally black. It's like mm-hmm. a light brown. They, yeah. they either dyed it or he's wearing something for this movie. I think it's supposed to feel kind of racist. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're yeah. not supposed to feel good for these people. They're bad people. <laughs> <laughs> they suck. <laughs> they, they've decided to practice eugenics and design 
like everybody's babies. Yeah. For special societal roles, right? Mm. Yeah, brave new up. world. Yeah. 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 <laughs> for sure. What do you think about this this intro? This whole like first part. I of the movie? love this intro. It's really cool to be able to see Krypton before it's destroyed. Yeah. Um, it's really cool to see how flawed everybody is there. Yeah. Uh, it was a good way to get it like get the ball rolling really quickly because yeah. you know you get started with some action, but there's also a lot of um, you know exposition going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. My thing though is <laughs> the world is ending. Is this really the time for a coup? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't, know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how successful he was. Gonna... It's like I control Krypton now, just in time to die. Oh yeah, I am the last emperor of Krypton. At least I'll, I'll always have that. Yeah. Like the only reason he survived was because he got sent to the Phantom Zone. Yeah, uh, that that is the irony here <laughs> is that they were the only safe ones. So Zod's kind of an idiot. <laughs> the movie starts off, and you look at this, and you're like, "Am I watching a Star Wars movie?" You know, there's spaceships, <laughs> yeah. there's lasers, there's weird creatures. It's very sci-fi. It's very sci-fi. Yeah. And it's not exactly what I was expecting going into a Superman movie, which I thought was going to be very grounded. Kansas. Um, Smallville. Smallville. Exactly. And it and it lingers. So this first this yeah. first sequence has made me like 10 minutes long. And you're like, are we going <laughs> to are we going to Earth? Or are we just going to hang out here the yeah. whole movie? Also, yeah. like Jor-El's basically the Elon Musk of Krypton. <laughs> Why, why? He's like, we need to leave the planet because it's yeah. <laughs> we're gonna die. Yeah, I was gonna say it's it's definitely I think the most quote unquote hard sci fi that we have seen Superman on screen before at least. Yeah, like, oh any, absolutely. In any screen depiction of it, I mean, you Wasn't get a little bit a... of it in the old movies, but it's not very long, and then it's done. Yeah. Wasn't there a Krypton TV show? There was. I don't know how good it was. It, I guess it wasn't because everybody forgot it existed. Because it was such a bad premise. It was not a, even about Jor-El. It was about Jor-El's parents. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah that's kind of lame. And was right? it like and then Booster like, Gold in it or something? Like what I thought the... Superman time traveled <laughs> with Booster Gold. So something weird. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen it. I just heard. Wasn't it on Sci-Fi it was on too? Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just you just reminded me of something that's completely unrelated, but I need to share this. The craziest twist on television, on streaming television this week, has nothing to do with WandaVision, nothing to do with superheroes. It is on Camp Coral, the new computer animated SpongeBob prequel. Because I saw a scene that someone clipped on Twitter. Yeah. It's about SpongeBob and everyone as kids at a place called Camp Coral. Oh, no. That is like Rugrats meets SpongeBob. Yeah. It's like the camp is run by Mr. Krabs, and it's all computer animated. (laughs) But Sandy, little little Sandy Cheeks, goes over and starts like she. The episode ends. She goes over, and starts filling with this radio, and says, uh, "Little cheeks to big cheeks, do you come in?" And pops up on a screen and hologram is the hand drawn animated Sandy from the regular SpongeBob, who it turns out has used time travel to send little Sandy back to prevent Plankton from getting the formula. So the whole twist of this show is that actually there's time travel. (laughs) Holy, (laughs) this melted my brain. And this went from what a dumb idea for a show to I need to watch this, I think. (laughs) That actually sounds interesting. Right? We might have to watch that. No, Uh because I was thinking like SpongeBob didn't even meet Sandy until like one of the episodes of SpongeBob. I was like, this is that completely makes... messing with the canon. But no, they, but then they cut to her and the regular Krusty Krab, the regular 
hand-drawn Krusty Krab saying, well, I fixed the timeline. Holy shit. Oh so God, they paid awesome. attention to continuity. <laughs> fixed the timeline. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I so, love that in SpongeBob, Sandy Cheeks is like, she's doing uh, Back to the Future or like Flashpoint. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know if that's the premise of the entire series or if that was just like a one-off joke for this episode, but I saw this clip. I was like, I never was going to watch Camp Coral, and I almost wish I had and not known that this was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, that would have fucking blown my mind. Yeah. Damn. Sandy's Mephisto. Anyways. (laughs) I'm sorry. That was a weird tangent. I apologize. Yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. fine. (laughs) I think I would totally watch like a movie set in this first section of of the movie. Yeah. Like this Krypton? Yeah. Yeah. Because it didn't feel like oh, we're just going to do this for a few minutes and then and then go into the real movie. It felt like they put in the production value for this to be a whole movie. No, there was like, there was lore behind it. Like that's shit. what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. It, it felt... Um, lived in. Sort of, except that it didn't look lived in. Like their rooms are just kind of like big and empty. Clean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it it's like, whatever, like that's their, that's their culture, I guess. Yeah. I yeah. It went a little long for my taste, but like I... I don't know what I would have cut though, uh, and exactly. yeah. it yeah. ends up a lot of it does end up being important to the, right. to the story. Years later, in the ocean, a fishing vessel with our hero Clark Kent, Henry Cavill, is sent to rescue workers on an oil rig that's on fire. As the rescuers decide not to risk getting close to the rig, Clark abandons the boat to rescue those in danger. He's left for dead in the ocean as we flash back to childhood memories, including those of discovering his powers in elementary school and of a school bus accident in which a preteen Clark pulls his bus out of a river, saving his classmates. After the crash, Clark has a moment with his adopted father, Jonathan Kent. He wants Clark to keep his powers secret, explaining that the world isn't ready for the answer to the question, are we alone in the universe? He shows him his space capsule and explains that he's not from earth. Similar to a familiar adoption conversation between a child and his adoptive parents. I don't really agree with Pa Kent telling yeah. Clark to just let kids die. Yes. This, <laughs> here's where my problems begin. But Pa Kent is wrong, right? Or is he right? We talk in the future. We're going to talk about this <laughs> when we talk about Batman versus Superman. But is he right or is he wrong here? I think morally he's definitely wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, Clark or Superman's whole thing is like being the morally right person. Yeah. Like he's do the right thing no matter yeah. what. Yeah. So I don't know. Pa Kent's kind of a dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing about this movie the casting is great. Casting across oh, the board. Absolutely great. nominal. But yeah. I do not like Pa Kent in this movie one bit. I, I am not the sort of person who believes that they need to be slavishly devoted to the comics when they, when they adapt them for the, for the screen or, or for any other mm-hmm. medium, really. That being said, it is a, sort of a fundamental thing in Superman's character that what makes him Superman is not the fact that he can fly around and has incredible strength and all of that. What makes him super is that he has all of that, but also the fact that the upbringing that he had gave him a strong sense of morality and yeah. that he should use these gifts to help people. And to have our introduction to Pa Kent is him saying, you should have let the bully die. Someone might have seen you save him. <laughs> well, OK, but also he didn't he didn't actually say that. 
He said, "I." He said, "Maybe I don't know." Like he's. <laughs> That's not that much. Of that. Not, okay, sure. And <laughs> and the scene that co- and and the later scene with Pa Kent, I think, confirms that his thought was hey, he should let him die. <laughs> the thing is, I feel like Clark and the bully kind of end up sort of becoming like pals later on. Oh, they're yeah. told, yeah, totally. Also, um, he calls Clark Dick Splash. <laughs> <laughs> we looked at each other. and We're like, we're working that into our repertoire. Uh-huh. We're calling people dick splash. But now. like his bullying was like it wasn't even really bullying. He was like, "Hey, Kent, what'd you think about the game, Dick Splash?" <laughs> yeah, it was like a weird thing. Like, is he implying you're a nerd and didn't watch the game? I, I think that was was it, that yeah. it. Oh, yeah. what a weird way to bully. <laughs> I don't know. So on on the topic of Paul Kent, like I still get. I still get good dad vibes from him. No, he cares about Clark. He yeah. cares about him a lot, and he wants to teach him the right thing. But he he is wrong here, right? That I think he's wrong. Clark has to hide himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what we see later in Batman versus Superman is that, like, when he finally does expose himself, it comes with a ton of like baggage. Well, it might be because he destroyed a city. Okay. <laughs> sure but it's like i mean imagine if this was real and you were this person you had these super abilities what would happen in the real world if if you oh people would obviously be scared Mm -hmm. yeah and i i think that's i think that's his point is that at the very least you're not ready for that like you clark Kent, at 12 years old or 13 or whatever you're not ready for that not being ready i kind of get that Letting kids die though, when you have the ability to save them. Well, <laughs> again, I, I don't think he that that's what he was saying. He goes because Clark said, "What was I supposed to do? Let them die?" And he goes, he, "Like he's clearly maybe. torn here. He's like, I don't, I don't know. Like maybe, like I don't, you know." It's the exact opposite of the whole Spider-Man thing with the whole like with great power comes great responsibility. If you have the ability to help somebody, you should do it. Well, I don't, I don't think it's the opposite because. He didn't know that Spider-Man had abilities. He just said right. that to him. Right. Well, do you like think he made his intelligence? Do you think if Uncle stuff? Ben knew that he had powers, he'd tell him to hide him and not help people? I mean, we don't know. <laughs> he didn't know. I think Uncle Ben's a good guy, and he would tell Peter to be Spider-Man. It's yeah. it's like the trolley problem. Only it's not if you don't act, four people die, and if you do act, one person dies. It's if you don't act, everybody dies. And if you do act, someone might see you not letting those people die. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Well, I I think the point of this is you're supposed to agree with Clark. You're supposed to also empathize with Pocket. You know what I mean? Well, I don't. <laughs> okay, I don't either. I think. Yeah. I think he kind of like. I get he cares about Clark, but he kind of sucks. Yeah. I like I like the scene in the in the barn where they're talking about. Because, aliens yeah because it, it's very reminiscent like i was saying it's reminiscent of like the adoption conversation yeah when you have to tell your kid you're not my real kid mm-hmm. you know what i mean and we, then, we found you in a hole <laughs> yeah right yeah. and they're gonna be like so you're not my dad and it was like no of course i'm your dad i don't know i felt that i thought it was good okay. again the actors are, are all, are no, all the, great yeah. the acting kevin costner is great the acting's great the casting's great the like, casting of the young great. was great too they looked yeah. so yeah. like it was really on point yeah he looked really good yeah Oh, yeah, we see his abs. <laughs> uh, Henry Cavill's jacked. Yeah, yeah in spoiler. That, in that scene when he's saving other people, his clothes, like, burn off. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that the first time we see him, he's saving people. 
Yeah. yeah. They're establishing right away that movie, yeah. he's like, kind of wandering is... around saving people. No, that's yeah. who he is. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Oh. Somehow. <laughs> I like the part where when he falls into the ocean because he's all like about to die or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's a mom and a baby whale. Yeah. I thought that was cute. Because <laughs> uh, then it cuts to him and his mom. Oh, yeah, because so. he's a mama's boy. Oh, yeah, of yeah. course. Martha. He's a Martha's boy. Yeah. Mar- Martha! <laughs> All right. Oh, shit. Uh, who's the actress who plays Lois Lane? Amy Adams. Thank you. I didn't write it down. From She's the cute. <laughs> the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> she was I'm also a- in like three episodes of The Office. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. She's the first <laughs> girl. She's the first girl. She's the girlfriend in The Wrestler, I'm pretty sure. She's also the main character in Enchanted. Yes. Let's just go through her filmography. <laughs> Reporter Lois Lane, Amy Adams, lands at a remote location in Canada to investigate an anomaly found deep inside a glacier. Clark, now working as an assistant for the researchers, discovers the anomaly as a spaceship and enters it, followed by Lois. Lois is attacked by the ship's automated defenses. Clark rescues her... And takes off in the ship, leaving Lois behind. Inside, Clark enters a command key he's had since birth. This uploads an artificial consciousness of Jor-El, who appears as a hologram. Jor-El introduces himself as Clark's biological father and illustrates Kryptonian history. Thousands of years prior, Krypton attempted to expand their civilization, scouting for planets that they could terraform and settle. To combat overpopulation, Krypton began creating life in genesis chambers with predetermined DNA and societal roles. Such a chamber sits before Clark and Jor-El. They abandon space travel and begin mining the planet's core, leading to their ultimate demise. Jor-El goes on to explain that Earth's young yellow sun energizes his cells, which has provided him with extraordinary strength and abilities. He says, you'll give the people of Earth an ideal to strive towards. They will race behind you. They will stumble. They will fall. But in time, they will join you in the sun, Cal. In time, you will help them accomplish wonders. Clark takes a suit and cape and discovers his power of flight. So it was kind of an info dump, but hmm. that was about it. No, it was it a was very a... stylish info dump. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was uh, a lot like um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Oh, yeah. I love that movie. I love that similar movie. Because they he tells the history with very kind of like, artistic yeah. statues mm-hmm. that move yep. right it's it's essentially the same thing yeah. you also find out later that the, the history isn't totally accurate and it's kind of dark right in, in guardians <laughs> yeah this is an info dump like you said but it's it's very well done and it's like a tad bit emotional because he's finally like in a way connecting with his father yeah. who we got to know in the very beginning of the movie a right. little bit right but he didn't yeah this is an adoption story <laughs> yeah. at, at least in this part of the movie yeah, I uh, this whole sequence from Lois uh, and up up to this um, him learning to fly. This is when I started to realize that throughout this movie, for every scene I liked, it was going to be followed by a scene I didn't like, and it was going to be followed by a scene I did like. It was just very back and forth for me. Yeah, um, well, I'm curious. What were the ones that you like and dislike? Okay, well, I did not like that the word tinkle was in this movie. Tinkle. Lois says she has to tinkle. What if I I have to tinkle? Yeah. I'm like, that made me uncomfortable to hear a grown woman say tinkle. Um, Why? (laughs) I don't know. It just just stuck out at me. It's Uh, just not good dialogue. It it made me think of Granny's peach tea. And I don't like to be reminded of that. But (laughs) she's being sarcastic because they don't like her. They don't want her there. And they put her in a tent. 
Okay. And she's like, this, this isn't where you live. There's I'm no going to, I'm going to tell you right now that that was not actually something that bothered me too much. I just needed okay, to bring right, up right, the cool. fact that they mentioned that there's a tinkle. <laughs> so remember when I said that I don't mind when they make changes from the comics. Right. Uh, sometimes I think that having Lois know his secret from the beginning is a really interesting twist. I actually think that that opened up some interesting avenues that they could go down with the story for okay. for later on that that would set it apart from the comics. You know, just skip ahead because we know Lois is going to find out eventually. So, <laughs> so real quick. In in the comics, uh, Lois usually doesn't find out until well after she's acquainted with Clark Kent. Yeah, it's like years, years, yeah, it's years, usually later, many right? years, and then they start dating and yeah. then they get married. It, to, to the point where it's unbelievable that a a reporter who is as smart and observant as Lois wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, but also I feel like they were trying to get away from the how do you not recognize this guy as Superman thing? Like he doesn't wear a mask. Yeah, you know. Yeah, he just puts on glasses and slouches a tiny bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, sorry, go on. Yeah. Um, well, one time I was watching... Do you remember the show Ripley's Believe It or Not? That was hosted yeah. by Dean Cain. Superman. Superman yeah. on... Mm-hmm. I didn't realize who he was until normally he wasn't wearing glasses. And then one shot he was. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, he's Superman. <laughs> Holy shit, it worked. Uh-huh. And from that moment on, it's like, I guess no I way. can't really make fun of that. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> well there there's i mean there, there is something to how you carry yourself you yeah. know talk about the christopher reeve movies there is a, the, the scene i think superman 2 where he takes off his glasses and stands up straight and kind of yeah. smirks and it's like there is a difference between there, clark there and really superman. is yeah and and i can attest to the fact i I can say where I used to work because I don't work there anymore. I used to work at Disney World. And <laughs> I put Neil Patrick Harris and his family on a Jungle Cruise boat and did not realize it because he had a hat and sunglasses on. So the Marvel disguise the Marvel works? Disguise. <laughs> it does. Yeah. <laughs> really. It be, and and a, part of it is, a part of it is that you are not expecting to see... Right, you're right. like person there. Why would he ever be here? It's like, yeah. have you ever run into a friend in a place where you never see them and it takes you a second to like for your brain to put together because like oh you're, you're not supposed to be here yeah <laughs> or am i just a bad friend that could be it too um <laughs> it could I, be a little bit of both i was just assuming it's like they're not gonna get a good picture of superman you know what i mean like, i guess he's not gonna it, stop and pose i feel like he would i mean just to the, be nice <laughs> i know that they've tried to hand wave in the comics by saying that he vibrates his face like the molecules in his face so that his <laughs> pictures don't turn Th- out that seems more of a flash thing <laughs> to like do it does TV it really screen. does yeah. uh, anyway but yeah so lois interesting twist um the whole scene with jor-el i love the history lesson that he gives i think it looks really cool i think if you have to give exposition make it interesting to watch yeah and yeah. people won't know that you're just dumping information on them. Right. And and, and I think that worked. Uh, kind of reminded me, not not visually, but just sort of the same vein of it being this really stylistic animation in the middle of a live action movie. It reminded me of the Tale of the Three Brothers ah. in uh, <laughs> Deathly Hallows movie. Yeah. I love that sequence. Yeah, that's, that's a fantastic you know, it's like all of a sudden we get to a completely different animation style. And, yeah. And it was kind of like that. It was, it was neat. Jor-El, I, I like a lot of Jor-El and Clark's interactions. 
but there is this idea that kind of permeates this movie that Superman is like like a god. And while that is certainly true from the power standpoint, I just keep going back to and and there are multiple valid interpretations of Superman. I think I just prefer the one where he has godlike powers, but what makes him so great is his humanity, like what he has learned picked up on Earth. He has these powers because of his alien biology, but he is a superhero because of what he learned on Earth. And when they talk about, oh, the people of Earth will get in line behind you and they will stumble, but you will be the perfect example of what they can be. <laughs> like Superman is supposed to be like the best of humanity, but not because not because he's special. Like He's like divinely chosen to be special. So I just don't 100% like that interpretation does 100% work for me. I can mm. see it. It's like the whole like your parents are telling you you're special your whole life and you're meant to be better than everybody else because you're their little boy. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I write into <laughs> yeah. the, that like that. I just, I think Batman kind of mentions that when he's fighting Superman, actually, he's, he says something along in the says, next movie. He says like, I bet you, your parents told you you were special. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. He does say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <I'm> no, <laughs> he does say that. You know, I never made the connection. I'm like, Oh no. Cause I, I thought about the Kents. I didn't think about Jor-El, who oh. really told him, like, no, like, no, you're, you're people, perfect. You're special, yeah. <laughs> like, you're going to make like, these humans so great because they're going to love you so much. They're going to want to be just like you. Well, to be fair, for the case of Clark, at least, he's a very humble guy, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he sells it well. But also, I think what's important here is that he has two dads telling him completely different things. Hmm. Yeah. And he has to figure out. This whole movie is about Clark Kent figuring out who he's going to be. Okay. Um. This is a coming of age story, and so he has four. He has two sets of parents. He has four parents, and they're all telling him different things, mm-hmm. right? And he has to decide at this point in his like adulthood, who am I, and and what is it that I'm supposed to be doing on this earth? So he's and like Zuko. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> who are you? <laughs> and uh, what do you want? What do you want? Uh, Chris hasn't seen Avatar. He started it, and then he hasn't. I have Episode continued. two. That's where you are. Yeah, episode yeah. Wow. So, <laughs> I'll, I'll probably go back and watch the first shit. episode again. I'm real bad at watching TV. You know, I, it's it's hard for me. You'll, to you'll make listen. Time. You'll thank us. Uh, There's some very good character arcs. Av- yeah, in Avatar there. only goes up. I've yeah. had many, many friends tell me the same thing. So, so I, re- I really, I really, genuinely do want to watch that show. All right, yeah. yeah. But was I saying? I mean, his yeah. So he has Pac can't tell him hide your powers. Just be a good dude. Yeah. Don't be, don't be a superhero. And you've got Jor El, who's like, you're gonna be a god to these people <laughs> because you're gonna be so powerful. Now, to your point, I always got the impression that the when you think about the Marvel universe versus the DC universe, not just in like the movies, uh, but like TVs, comics, etc. I always get the impression that Marvel is more, these are normal people gifted with extraordinary abilities. Mm-hmm. That is kind of a burden. Whereas the DC universe that these are gods among men. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's, so they're different perspectives. They're, they're completely Unless you're opposite. Batman. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're different. <laughs> they're completely different perspectives on the same thing kind of one is looking from above one is looking from below i think that's where i'm like look i don't i didn't read a whole lot of superman comics but i i do see that as this what this is this movie is doing and this is not the first movie to make 
a Jesus analogy. Yeah. Out of out of Superman, like yeah. that's right. a common thing. Which is an interesting interpretation in itself because his creators were Jewish. Yeah. Were, yes. It uh, might have been more of a Moses yeah, thing. Yeah, definitely. Like a picture, it's like sending him in the basket down the river, except exactly. Unfortunately, more people interpret it as a Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. yeah they so, hit you in the right. head with the Jesus imagery in this. You know, the scene in the church, he's yeah. 33 years old. It's like they are very much. Oh. Yeah. Oh shit! Is he thirty three? Yeah, he said. Yeah, he says something about he's been doing something for thirty three years. So I'm like, oh, okay, oh. yeah, I, I get, <gasps> oh I get it, God. Jesus. That's a good little Easter egg. Yeah. All right. Wow. I didn't catch that. I didn't catch that either. That's that's a good one. To your point um, about the difference between DC and Marvel heroes, by the way, uh, just yeah. a real short story. Brian Michael Bendis wrote for Marvel for mm-hmm. a very very long time, and Spider Man. Yeah, he wrote a, a lot of Spider Man, a lot of Avengers. Um, but he, a few years ago, got a new contract with DC and he, mm-hmm. his first thing was writing Superman. And he told a story yeah. about how he was pitching his story for Superman and everyone is looking at him weird. And he goes, what? And he goes, and someone said, you keep calling him Clark. <laughs> and apparently the Marvel writers, when they talk about their heroes that they're writing about, they tend to use their real names. Right. Oh. And at DC, they tend to use their made-up names. <laughs> yeah. So, well, like I, I someone's mean, talking about Spider-Man, they're like, oh, yeah, so then Peter does this, or Miles right. does that. Because that's who they are. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but well, again, yeah, yeah, DC, the mentality is, well, then Batman, uh, because we always talk about how, you know, Batman, uh, Bruce Wayne is the mask, and Batman yeah. is... Yeah. It, it's not a unique thought, but I know. everybody has... I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, ooh. Yeah, we, we've talked about that a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but I mean that's valid too, and and yeah. I, I don't think one approach is better or worse than the other. They, they're different. There should be a diversity in the way they tell stories about superheroes. Right. Not every superhero story should be the same. Exactly, and, and I yeah. think it's really cool to have the, the kind of two different kinds of stories. It is funny that they have like actual like opposite thoughts on it. <laughs> I, I mean, I think again, you want to see two companies do the same exact thing? Or? No, no, that's no, why, that's yeah. boring and. Yeah. It's not good competition. Yeah. And mm-hmm. when we talk about like the Snyder, well, I mean, we'll get to it later, but like this Snyder like vision, one of the reasons I like it is because it is, it is so not Marvel. You know what I mean? It's it's very stylistic and it's very, yeah. it's a little serious and, and the humor has to be kind of in there more subvertively. And, and, I, and I love a Marvel, obviously, but I just want, I, I like that they're different. Yeah. You know? That way you're mm-hmm. not just seeing yeah. the same thing over and over and over right. again. Same yeah. thing with the comics. Exactly. Lois, obsessed with her alien encounter, begins to investigate Clark's origins. She traces stories of supernatural heroics back to Smallville and the Kent farm. Clark finally appears to tell her he doesn't want his story told. When asked why not, he recalls one more flashback. A college-aged Clark argues with his father, Jonathan, while driving. They continue a familiar debate about hiding his abilities. A tornado approaches and the Kent assists other drivers to safety. Jonathan returns to his vehicle to release their dog, but crushes his foot and is unable to return. Clark, about to use his powers to save his father and expose himself, is signaled to stay by Jonathan. He shakes his head at Clark as the tornado engulfs him. In the present day, Clark explains to Lois that his father died with the belief that Clark's purpose in life hadn't yet been revealed and that keeping himself a secret was of the utmost importance. Lois agrees to drop her investigation. So that's basically what we were talking about. Yeah, I got a lot of problems with this scene. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
did Pa Kent not think about how this is going to traumatize Clark? I mean, I feel like people don't when they're about to die, you know what I mean? Except he was like, uh, no, don't save me. Let me die. Keep your secret. Yeah. But is that what anybody wanted? I mean, Martha didn't want that. Clark no. didn't want that. The dog uh, didn't want that. It also wasn't like a big group of people. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it's not like he was on TV either. Yeah. Yeah. Or just be like, you know what? Go ahead. Save me. Just kind of make it look well, believable. I, again, the, the the point is not that like, oh, people are going to see and maybe they wouldn't notice or whatever. It's just that he truly believes that like he he's not ready to use his powers, you know? <sighs> I don't, I don't I have, know. I have nothing to add because I hate this scene too. No. <laughs> I just, oh God. For all the same reasons. Yeah, I'll, I'm I'm fine with this scene. I don't know. I, I, I had no expectations on what Paul Kent is going to be in this universe. And so I'm, I'm fine with the idea that he's like so committed to this idea that like, you know, if he exposes himself as Superman, it'll only bring bad things. Like, yeah, he may do good but it won't be good for him. You know what I'm saying? And I think as a, as a parent, I, I mean, I'm not a parent. I don't want to say that, but I think as him being as a, a parent, parent, you know, parent, you I know understand. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I think he, he's mostly just looking out for his son and he's prioritizing that over the potential net positive that he can do as Superman. And I see how I'm in the minority. I'm just doesn't saying, make me like it anymore. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like it is a stupid decision. I don't agree with him. Okay. But I don't, necessarily think he's completely wrong i think i think he, he i don't know i think there's levels to it i guess i don't know i think he's just a stupid farmer from kansas <laughs> dumb fuck <laughs> i was just happy the dog's okay you know i hate it yeah. it's very rare that they kill a dog in a movie you know the dog usually survives otherwise yeah, people revolt <laughs> yeah well, but agatha killed sparky everyone loves her for it though <laughs> Yeah, we dropped the song. They're like, "Yeah, let's put that number one on iTunes." Well, it was a catchy song. So. It was, it was a good, good song. <laughs> Clark returns to tell his mother he's discovered his people. Shortly after, there is a UFO sighting seen around the world. The television broadcast is hacked with the words "You are not alone" in whichever language suits the location. Zod introduces himself to the world and demands Kal-El surrender himself. Clark seeks the advice of a priest. There, in front of a stained glass depiction of Jesus, he admits to the priest that he is, an, he is the alien in question and does not know what to do. The priest asks what his heart tells him and advises Clark to take a leap of faith. I have a lot of thoughts on this, too. All right, go. <laughs> um, the Zod's message, very well done. Oh, I love that it, part. It felt almost like a like an old school like horror film like with, with like aliens invading, like oh, that yeah. type of... It, this, this is a part of the movie where and I like that this movie grabs a little bit from different genres like it, the beginning is very sci-fi yeah you know and then this part is obviously like this kind of like very human story about mm. a, adoption coming of age or whatever yeah but then now it's like alien horror yeah <laughs> and like just the music going on seeing the message seeing everybody's reactions it's very unsettling in a very oh, yeah. good way this was very well done I also like the Clark going to talk to the priest. Yeah. Because uh, when he basically tells the priest everything, he's like, yeah, I'm the alien they're looking for. And you see the priest's face and he's like, <gasps> he takes, he likes, takes a swallow. He's like, yeah. And he's like, well, I think you should, um, you know, take a leap of faith. 
I like that the priest at least gives him very human advice. Yes, like, he does. He treats a problem as if it was a normal one. He's like, what, is there, what does your heart tell you? He is surprisingly collected about the whole yeah. thing. <laughs> It's like, I'll, Did you think- I'll consider the theological implications of this later, but right now, you need help, and I'm going to do yeah. it. That's a good like, thing right there. Are you the Messiah? <laughs> not important right now. What does your heart tell you to but, do? Um, I'm not a big fan of the third act of this movie, but the way it starts is very good. I'd argue this is still the second act, Would that's not important. Be, at, like, end of the second, going into the third, but, like, this segment of the movie I love mm-hmm. for, like, those reasons. Yeah. So I don't know what you guys think about it, but... Yeah, I I really like the the Zod stuff, like the, the an alien showing up and broadcasting to the entire world. It, it kind of gives me uh, Day of the Earth Should Still vibes. Yeah, the original or the Keanu Reeves one? Never seen the Keanu one. Okay, so, uh, <laughs> Keanu. So I, uh, so I can't honestly say that one. Hey, give me Independence Day vibes. Okay. The the only right. the only the minorest quibble that's not even a word but the the most minor <laughs> quibble that I have with it is him choosing to say you are not alone is a very weird thing for an alien to say <laughs> because why would he does he know that humans are always wondering are we alone in the universe like just just really weird to come in answering a question that maybe he didn't know was being asked. Uh, maybe but i, I, th- I think that maybe they're like creepy, it's a creepy enough scene that it doesn't like, yeah bother me it, <laughs> i think they're like what What are humans all about like do they even have spaceships no yeah. no so <laughs> they must not know anything about space they're at still all. having wars they're fucking idiots <laughs> they they crash rockets and go great job <laughs> <laughs> they don't even practice eugenics <laughs> And the one guy that tried, they fought a war to stop him. <laughs> what is wrong with these people? <laughs> They're like, you know, they had that Hitler guy. He knew what he was talking about. And they and they had a and they beat him. Oh no. They hated him. <laughs> He's their worst one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, you're not supposed to like the Kryptonians in this movie. You're no, not yeah. supposed to empathize with them at all. Oh, especially this faction of like them. right. Like they are fascists, right? Yeah. <laughs> um I like all this stuff. I like I like that they, they're treating Clark as like a like a, an extra human. Like he's human, but he's extra human. You know what I'm yeah. saying? He has to question himself. This is still a coming of age story. He doesn't have it together at all. Um, no, because like now this is a whole new moral dilemma for him yeah he's like he oh shit what do father. i do <laughs> <laughs> padre i also like the whole like broadcast interruption thing there's just something inherently creepy about it yeah mm-hmm. i like that they're all in different languages because it makes you question like are they speaking english you know what i mean like true do they do they have like translators i think in most cases they just wave it off as oh they have universal translation well they do but because they did this whole little scene where it's in different languages it now makes you question it yeah because like in you know in guardians of the galaxy they say that they have like a implant yeah throats Mm -hmm. or something like that right and uh, i don't know i think it's cool like the idea you said of just it showing up on every screen across the world at, at the same time like it shows up on on her phone like yeah super creepy i wish she hadn't said it's on all the RSS feeds. 
I just got a Google News alert that says you are not alone. (laughs) I think it was just meant to show that, like, any sort of form of, like, communication at all. Yeah. That's probably why the lights of Davier should still. Like, the lights went off. You Mm -hmm. know, like, they hacked into that somehow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Zod's very theatrical. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what Martian Manhunter said. He goes, he's this guy wants to make a, a dramatic entrance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think Berto knows that oh, spoiler. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. It's, okay. it's fine. You're going to learn it. I, I don't think you're going to be surprised. By no, it. I'm probably not. Like how much we've talked about it, but it's an open secret at this point. Yeah. I, I was just writing down. Sorry, Chris, you're not reading this with us. Uh, oh, the Jesus allegory mm-hmm. and how like jesus is told that he's the son of god and that he has to like you know go do stuff and then this is basically what's happening here where he finds out he's the son of an alien and now he has to do stuff <laughs> uh, i remember the that, only stuff. that quote from the book of matthew go forth and do <laughs> stuff go you, you gotta do stuff now <laughs> <laughs> he goes to gethsemane do i have to do stuff you have to do stuff okay yeah <laughs> and it's gonna be a sacrifice of some sort yeah <laughs> Clark surrenders to the military. He is handcuffed and brought into an interrogation room to be questioned by Lois Lane. She questions the S on his chest, and Clark explains it's not an S. It's a symbol that means hope. He also admits to all looking in that he can see them. General Swanwick questions his loyalties, to which Clark replies, I grew up in Kansas. Outside a spaceship lands, and Feora demands Lois come on board in addition to Clark. On board their ship, Clark cannot breathe their atmosphere. He passes out, and Zod communicates with him through a nightmare. Here, he explains that the Registry of Genetic Life, the Codex, has been stolen by his father and meant to be used to repopulate Earth with Kryptonians, killing all humans in the process. Clark is horrified as he wakes up strapped to a table. I forgot to mention uh, before, I think one of my few like big complaints of this movie is that um, when Zod... Not Zod. When Jor-El is, is doing his info dump with Clark, he's mm-hmm. just like, and here's a cool Superman suit you can wear. <laughs> I, I just assumed that it was just like Kryptonian armor. What well, I don't get is why is it red, white, and blue? Or just red and blue. Yeah. So Very I, American. Yeah, because he's wearing that same suit early in the movie, but it's black. And Zod all of the Kryptonian wearing... suits are like black. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So why is this one red and blue and has a cape? Oh, no, they had capes too. They had ca- Zod definitely had a cape too. He had yeah. a cape at some point. Yeah. And I thought they should have just because the ship that they found that suit in was like 18,000 years old, I think they said. Mm-hmm. So they I feel like this might be nitpicking, but I thought a throwaway line where they're like, this is your great, 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 great grandfather's. No, but like, this is like a scouting suit. Or like later on when he puts it on, he sees Zod and he's like, Oh, that's what the S is for. <laughs> scouting. He's like, you're, one of, you're in one of the old scouting suits or something like that. I don't know. I, I It's it's those little like attention to detail that I right. like, you know. I'm, and it's something Marvel's that could really have been fixed like in like that. a second. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, I'm just like, okay, so you just, you just had the Superman suit lying around. You know what I mean? I might have had something like that in my notes too i'm like why is there just a red and blue suit there yeah so today literally today they are doing little character clips for zack sanders justice league i think you sent me that i haven't opened it yet but i saw that you yesterday sent it. was batman and today it was superman mm-hmm. and so there's a scene where he's walking through the same ship after he's resurrected um 
and all the suits are showing up and he kind of chooses which one he's going to wear and he picks the black one. Whoa, edgy. Yeah. And I'm like, what? what? Are you being edgy? Because in the I think in the comics, it's a it's a like regeneration suit. Right. That sounds right. That yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say. because when he when he dies in the comics and then comes back, he's wearing the black suit. Right. OK. Yeah. It has some special healing prop- properties yeah, something or something like that. Like that. Mm-hmm. But I guess in this, he just picks the black one because he's like, all right, I'm dead. So. I'm dead now. So. <laughs> he's going into his dark phase. Yeah. Well, I also remember this might be related. It might not. I remember like a like blue Superman and a red Superman. But they were like mm-hmm. separate entities. Yeah, I I'm very hazy on on that. I don't know. If I remember knows. reading a comic book about that when yeah. I was a child. It rings a bell. They're like, yeah, it's like a. They look like they're made out of electricity, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. That, it's a thing. Was that a suit or was that like? They're two different characters. Okay. That's uh, yeah. gonna drive me crazy <laughs> now because because I know what you're talking about. It's like it's just in the back of my mind, but that's all I I just remember seeing that. Yeah. So when Superman dies, they introduce several more characters in the comics, including Superboy, Steel, and a couple others I don't remember. Steel like uh Shaquille O'Neal? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> I forget his name. The character. Oh, name. we gotta watch that movie. John too. Henry, yeah. right? John Henry Irons. That's okay. It. Yep. Thank you. Who just wants to like be a good guy. After Superman dies, like he's inspired, so he just puts on a suit of armor that he builds, <laughs> and then he just goes. Sounds like a bozo. Sounds like yeah. <laughs> what an idiot doing the right thing. Oh, I found Sounds like this: uh, the red Superman and the blue Superman. Yeah, they were called Superman Red and Superman Blue. That's it. Very yeah. original. <laughs> you, you needed to get both to get all hundred fifty. Right, so. right, right. <laughs> and you had a tray. And there was a friend. special yellow Superman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that one, uh, that one, Mr. Mix's plit like followed you around. <laughs> I love that when Lois Lane is like, well, what's the S for? And he's like, oh, Lois, it's not an S. Bitch, you oh, just figured this out. Oh, a second you, ago. oh, my sweet <laughs> summer child. <laughs> Like you just learned all about your history. Don't don't yeah. get off your high horse. As a long-time like- alien, I know that this is not an ass. <laughs> I these um, are my people. <laughs> I did like the scene where he was like in the interrogation room, like he was just letting them handcuff him. Oh yeah, yeah he was yeah. being very nice about the whole thing, but he's like, he's a nice guy. <laughs> it's like I know you guys are imprisoning me, but like, I like when he just like bloop, <laughs> and then everybody right freaks out. It's like like he couldn't do that the whole time. Mm-hmm. Right, right. There is something about this part where you've got the military and this is out in the middle of the desert, which I think is great for the visuals. It's such a nice kind of like color contrast between like the, you know, the brown, like the tan sand and then Superman in his suit, you know, and then a bunch of like military people and, and Feora. I, I like the look of this whole sequence a lot. Other big problem with this movie comes here too. plot wise. I'm like, why did Lois have to go up to the ship? Because she doesn't do anything there. Why do they want her? Yeah. I mean, and they wrote around it. I just don't think she needed to be there. I mean, they put her there so that he could save her again. Right. Because then she comes back down to Earth. Well, we get that cool sequence later where Jor-El's helping her out. Oh, yeah. I'm about to. That's yeah, yeah, one of my favorite there. scenes in the movie. I oh, really, really? I really, I really like really that. that. That's a strange part for you to say that's your favorite part i didn't I say it was just, my favorite but i, I thought it was, it was executed it was just it was cool right? it was yeah. fun it's it's the most fun scene in the movie 
And, and I'm not someone yeah. that says that every, you know, not every superhero movie needs to be all fun all the time. No, but this is a very bleak movie overall. Yeah. So it was a really welcome moment of levity. Uh, it's one of the few times that they don't pull away from actually doing a joke. Move your head to the left. <laughs> yeah. Like, that was great. I loved that. And it's uh, my go-to example of this movie being afraid of jokes is showing the 106 days since an accident. And then cutting yes. away instantly as soon as the numbers fall off because, God forbid, we have a joke here. You had to uh, rewind you, and show me that because okay. I missed it. You missed it. But I saw it and I think it's a good joke. And I, I mean, I think it, it hangs on it long enough for it to be considered I a joke. I feel like they cut, a, they cut away. Like you see. Too quick. Yeah. It, it's like they just needed the camera to stay there for just another second for it to land, I thought. Mm. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people just didn't see it. Yeah, it just struck me as them being like, we are serious. Um, But I'm (laughs) going to stop now because I have, there's a later scene where I have a bigger bigger tonal issue. We're all getting a little ahead right now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, let me me get to that part. On the (laughs) ship, Lois plugs in the command key given to her by Clark and a holographic Jor-El assists her in escaping. Jor-El recants what Clark heard from Zod and assures they never meant on resettling Earth, but for Clark to be a bridge between both peoples. Zod searches the Kent farm for the Codex as Zod intervenes the threat to his mother. A fight sequence in the quaint downtown of Smallville ensues between Feora, Superman, and the military forces. I also wrote the other guy, but I obviously I didn't. <laughs> the other guy. It's the command. Feora, yeah. the other guy, Superman. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, plot wise, the reason they wanted her up there was to also read into her memories through the whole right. hack into her dreams or whatever so that oh, they could yeah. find the Kent farm because they want to find the capsule. OK, so I think they were like, they, if we read they into, knew that she knew, I think they were just playing it safe. Like if we read both their minds, maybe we'll find the okay. capsule. and it is hers. I think that they yeah, they find that where to go and they go to the Kent farm. Yeah. Like we said before, the sequence with Lois and Jor-El, though, is fantastic. That was fun, yeah. Just a fun action sequence. After they search the farm, though, and they start fighting in downtown Smallville, that's where the movie kind of starts losing me. I love that action sequence. <laughs> no, that, that sequence itself is fine, but it starts to feel like, all right, let's fight this mini boss, and then they're going to retreat, and then you know they're going to come back, and we're going to fight them again, and then... And this was like the beginning of all that. The the product placement battle royale. Now we're yeah. going to fight in the Sears. Now we're going to fight the IHOP. Yeah. The IHOP where uh, the bully works. Where the bully works. <laughs> yeah. I love that he's just like like a shift manager at IHOP. Yeah. Like that's what his life amounted to. Like yeah, and he sees Superman and he's like, mm-hmm. "Are you? Why are you here?" <laughs> it's one of those things where I'm like, "Is product placement necessary?" Because if there wasn't product placement, then it would feel weird. That's you know what I mean. It's yeah. like the thing with the um, where people complained about the Power Rangers movie and the Krispy Kreme. That joke oh, works yeah. for me. I love that part. I I like that Krispy Kreme was a plot point because it's oh, a plot yeah. point. Exactly. I, yeah, point. I like that. I like Baskin Robbins in Ant Man. I thought yes. that yes. was very funny. Those are really good uses. Yeah. Oh of man, Baskin Robbins always finds out. <laughs> the fact that that is just a thing that apparently is an axiom, a well-known among people in the Marvel universe. <laughs> you know, oh yeah, Baskin Robbins—they are famous for figuring out 
if you're, you're a criminal. Yeah. <laughs> and the other guy's like, man, Baskin Robin, don't play. <laughs> so good. But yeah, and no, in Power Rangers, she's like, what is a Krispy Kreme? Like, she's confused because she's a fucking yeah. alien. But people complain like, oh, the product placement was so blatant. I'm like, it wasn't that bad. No, but if you make it interesting, if it's like a plot yeah. point like yeah, that. Yeah, it could be then, fun. And I guess in It'd this case. It'd be more case, weird if it was like, oh, at the donut shop. What is a donut like, literally shop? Literally just a donut shop. You know what I'm saying? Like some generic yeah. name. Yeah. Which like, all right, in the Smallville thing, I guess like the product placement. Yeah, necessary to make it feel like a real town. Would a tiny town have a Sears? Does um, any town have anymore. a Sears? Anymore. <laughs> anymore. But at the time. My, I, I come from a small town. We had a Sears. They should have put a blockbuster there just to show how uh, small that town is. <laughs> I can't afford that in 2013. <laughs> yeah. They have it in Captain Marvel, but that was also the 90s. I wonder. Yeah, Time-wise. Why? I Time wonder if they get any money for that. They, they must have. I'm they're sure still they a did. company. That's yeah. what I'm saying for Captain yeah. Even though they're like mostly out of business. Yeah, they have one store and they sell like t-shirts now. <laughs> so it's a gift shop. Yeah. <laughs> or you can buy a blockbuster shirt to show that you are a 90s kid. <laughs> I I honestly want one of those. I'm not making fun as much as it sounds like I might be because I'm not going to lie. Thoughts crossed my mind. No, <laughs> I wouldn't mind having some blockbuster merchant, merchandise. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah they're, yeah. they're just a licensing company now. Well, there's Pretty actually much. a board game now, a blockbuster, a blockbuster like tabletop, like card game RPG. I wish, <laughs> yeah. I will be all right. Clerk. You enter the store. You need to rent the um the new copy of Blade Two. <laughs> but it's on new arrivals, and can you afford that? Yeah. Can you get it back in one day? Roll it. Roll one d twenty to see if you get scared by the horror movie covers. <laughs> don't forget to uh oh you forgot to rewind your tape before you returned it oh so. no you need to rent the dvd player because you don't own one oh. <laughs> we used to rent uh n64s oh i did that yeah. over. i had I n64 one. i used to rent a shit ton of games though no we, we, that too but yeah. we, we used to rent the console at blockbuster oh, before i owned one yeah that was fun it's a good time do you remember uh printing out pokemon snap pictures at blockbuster <laughs> I, I guess. do. Yeah, they yes. had the booth. They had the booth, and it, oh, it wasn't easy to you use. You stuck your at uh, all. you stuck your memory card in it. Uh huh. New new Pokemon Snap comes out next month. I think it's time On for Blockbuster to come back. <laughs> oh. Unfortunately, the internet exists. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what? Though this Blockbuster conversation is going to bring up a good point later because I have got a whole bit about nostalgia and how this has kind of ruined this movie. Nostalgia ruined this movie? Yeah, you know, because people are very nostalgic for uh, the Christopher Reeve movie. Oh. And they can't allow... I mean, maybe they can't. They weren't nostalgic for could... the Brandon Routh movie? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that movie is nothing but being nostalgic for the Christopher Reeve exactly, movie. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But it, it's hard for people to kind of let that go and allow a new interpretation of... Yeah, because a lot of people are like, this isn't Superman. Also, that movie isn't that comic accurate either if that movie is mostly based on the george reeves tv show right and like superman in the 50s and it's supposed to be nostalgic for the 50s when that came out you know in the well, late a lot 70s. of old interpret like a lot of old on-screen interpretations of heroes aren't comic book accurate well what's i'm saying so like you, superman it, flying I've, wasn't even comic accurate when it first because that that first exactly. came out on the radio show the, 
Uh, I, th- I thought it was the, it was the, um, the radio show, or the cartoons, or the, the cartoon. Either way, yeah, it was uh, yeah, the it comic. Was, yeah, yeah, and then it migrated to the comics, and now we think it was like the, the 19 a- like 40s cartoons. Yeah, the yeah. one by Schluster. Schluster. It's a it's a name. Yeah, but uh, is something like that. Yeah, yeah. it's it a super groundbreaking animation at the yeah. time. Um, it holds up. It's oh, it's really, very like fluid. It's mm-hmm. very pretty. Yeah, like, even today, like it's very, it's very nice to look to watch. I actually like how in this movie, him learning to fly is first him taking several large leaps before he figures out yeah. how to fly. That's actually, I, I, I assume that was done as sort of an intentional homage to early comic Superman and yeah. how he evolved. And he didn't ride a lightning bolt. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're gonna get into that. <laughs> um, all right, hold on. Oh no, but the fight sequence here, I think, is is maybe one of the best action beats in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the Smallville fight. In general. Oh yeah, Clark versus Feor is way better than Clark versus Zod. I'm sorry, I know, but I like the <laughs> Feor is badass in this. First of all, but I like her against that Colonel. I think when he pulls out a knife. Well, because they're yeah. both, yeah. yeah, but I mean, they're yeah. they're both like military people. Yeah, like, they'll fight to the death no matter what. That's why he's like, I'm okay, ready I'm to gonna die. fight an alien. But, I got my knife. Like he <laughs> knows he's no match for her. But he's got to do he's something. He's got to fight. Yeah. You know, I, I like their. Um, let's be honest. They have sexual tension. Those Repertoire. two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I wanted them to make out before they <laughs> killed each other <laughs> later on. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. since we're anyway. about to die, yeah. <laughs> well, you feel this too, right? <laughs> Zod retreats to his ship to learn that Clark has the information of the Codex inscripted onto his own cells. Zod releases the World Engine to the opposite side of the planet and sets off for Metropolis. Both ships will terraform Earth into a new Krypton. The World Engine begins affecting gravity. Lois, Clark now being called Superman, and the military devise a plan. They intend to use Clark's capsule as a weapon to destroy Zod's ship. Superman sets out to the Indian Ocean to destroy the world engine. I don't have that much to say. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just action and planning. Yeah. It's one of those kind of like movie bits where they're going to come up with an idea and they have to make it make sense within the movie world, but also not be too... I don't know, like, <laughs> like you've got the scientist and he's like, oh, you're going to create a black hole and it's going to blah, 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 you know? Yeah. You, you need your giant sky laser. It is interesting to see, um, like, how the world engines work. I guess kind of cool to see. I, yeah, there was a time when every superhero movie had a blue light shooting up to the sky. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed that. Mm-hmm. It was a trend. And this one did that. But I like, I like the gravity thing. Where yeah. all the, were all they the just on like literally opposite parts of the planet? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, I think that's a neat idea. And to have to drag him all the way to the literal opposite side of the world. And then he has to yeah. get back to Metropolis in time. It's a, yeah, but he's you know, fast. It's a cool demonstration yeah. of his abilities. Yeah. I mean, if we're talking about like the action pieces here and where everybody is, I didn't love that Superman has to be fighting this machine because the machine starts fighting back and i'm like this is i don't know yeah you know what i mean yeah it was a little bit confused like i wasn't 100 percent sure of what he was doing 
for a lot of this. And I don't know if it was just losing my interest or what, but it was just like, now I'm going to walk into this light. I have the strength to fly up and punch now. Yeah. Yeah, it was... So... I think there should have been a different way that they approach this because I don't like Superman being there in a boring fight when all the other characters are having an interesting fight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because then there's a, like a tentacle monster that starts attacking him. Uh, yeah, and that's like, it feels so oh, generic. Yeah, the, the Doc Ock stuff comes out. Yeah. It is a very generic piece. And to a third act that's already kind of bloated. I feel like that's the part you could easily cut out. That's mm-hmm. the like 10, 15 minutes we could have cut out of the movie. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because I, I told you, I'm like, if this movie was like ten minutes shorter, it'd be better. It, I think it might have been well better received. Yeah, <laughs> towards the end there. Yeah, military forces attempt to fight Zod's ship, but the gravity fluxes make their attempts futile. Zod finds the colonial ship Clark discovered in Canada with its baby harvester thing. Why did I write that? <laughs> <laughs> with its baby harvester thing. All right. Well, fuck. I think I think I meant to go back and change it with its uh, terrible eugenics machine. Yeah, it's called a uh, Genesis. I don't know what it's called. Genesis uh, chamber. chamber. Oh, yeah. Genesis yeah. chamber. Yeah. <laughs> the uploaded Jor-El confronts Zod as he erases him for good. Perry White, Jenny, and other Daily Planet employees escape. Jenny is trapped in the rubble and prepares to die with Perry. This as- was so bleak. Yeah. I'm wrote, sorry, as I didn't other guy. <laughs> no, you're good. Yeah. As other guy. <laughs> other guy. <laughs> oh, the guy uh, with the hair, you know. Yeah. As a blast from the world engine approach, Superman destroys a world engine in the nick of time and returns to Metropolis. It is a little bit bleak. It's bleak. I didn't hate it, though. It was interesting it. to see what was happening from the perspective of just people in the street. Because, okay, so a major complaint in this movie is that, like, they created a 9 11 scale event <laughs> right. right and then they don't treat it very appropriately and no they're just like, like oh like, shit's blown up like, everyone's like thousands like, of people are dying ah! but to the movie's credit like they spend a good few minutes on these three you know civilians you know to showcase like yeah like they're gonna die like people like, are dying it, people here. are dying clearly people are dying because right. skyscrapers are falling down yeah. <laughs> tipping over <laughs> yeah <laughs> So, I, I mean, this is a part of that I I did like. I like having no, the three of them there. I'm okay with this. It's when Superman start like, and this is going to be coming up soon, when he starts fighting Zod in the city, that's where I start just hating everything. Okay, that's fair. This is a weird thing to notice, but uh, something just kind of hit me wrong when we're getting the dust cloud going through the street, which is very evocative of 9-11 imagery. Yeah. In a way that a lot of superhero movies kind of only ever hinted at like he went full on hey remember that scary picture of the dust cloud coming down the road here here's that yeah while on the soundtrack someone screams and it's a freaking wilhelm scream oh really is I, there one I, I maybe i heard it wrong but i swear someone's running from the dust you hear Argh! and i'm like that no. just took me out completely oh no i mean but a lot of movies like, have that yeah, yeah that's not the spot not when they're that. revoking 9-11 you do that when a stormtrooper falls off a ledge <laughs> yeah like in a moment like that like if you're gonna have it be somber keep it somber I mean, I've seen this movie like maybe five times. I've never noticed that. Maybe I heard it wrong. I mean, that's that's possible, too. <laughs> no, I'm not saying you're wrong. Yeah. I'm saying like, I don't think it's like so overly overt, you know? Yeah. Well, maybe it was just like, oh, we need to put a scream in here. So <laughs> might as well. Yeah. <sighs> 
I don't know. Like, not saying that's what ruined this for me, but I just remember no, going, no, oh, that's so, a choice. It's a- if, <laughs> if I could draw a parallel, if you were to compare this to like Avengers Age of Ultron, I feel like that movie felt a little more disconnected with like the casualties of human life. Like there's a scene where Captain America and Thor are saving like a person in a car. Right. And then someone else saves somebody. But other than that, I didn't feel the weight of like their whole city's in the air. Everyone's going to die. Yeah, no, like Civil War is the one that brought the weight of that. Right. But what I did like about Age of Ultron is you see the heroes saving people <laughs> from this I, disaster. Sh- sure. I would argue that that was a deliberate response to this movie. I think oh, it was. Think? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've never considered that. Because here you have the hero leveling the city. Yeah. And, yeah, and Ultron not- came out a year later, and they make a point that the third act is, yeah, they're trying to stop Ultron, but so much of it is, here's how we're going to save as many people as possible. Yeah. Right. And then you've got Batman versus Superman, which makes it a point to uh, let you know that Every single place that the fight happens is abandoned for some reason. Uh-huh. <laughs> they they yeah, mentioned it yeah, like three times. Yeah. <laughs> Batman versus Superman is so weird in that some ways, you know, they're like, oh my gosh, they're heading right towards that abandoned prison. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's like they're aware of some of the criticisms of Man of Steel, but then also they double down on some of them when Pa Kent is like, we should have let the, or the horses died, and it was all because we tried to help. <laughs> and. <laughs> Uh, okay, I might be remembering that wrong. It's been years since I've seen that movie. I'm not. Sure you're not if, far off. No, you're not. Not at all. But I don't think. I don't think that's a moment where Pawkins like totally wrong, because what he does say is Superman is struggling with the like consequences that come from him saving people. Right. It's the trolley. Yeah. Debate where he has to pick and choose what to do, and he's not ready for that decision. So Pa Kent tells him a story about one time there was a flood and he, I don't know, he dug a ditch or something and the flood didn't destroy their farm and he was the hero. But later he finds out that it destroys a neighbor's farm and all their horses died. And that's on him now. Right. Uh, and mm-hmm. so it, it's supposed to be like, okay, so you as Superman, you might save people and you might think you're doing the right thing, but there will be a consequence and there's nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay. So yeah. like I don't, I don't yeah I don't know <laughs> I think that's not his worst yeah no it's, <laughs> not, know, it's not the worst thing Pa Kent ever said <laughs> let those kids anyway. die Clark yeah, yeah. right <laughs> it's just like it's not quite on that level but I think what I was getting to with Age of Ultron is at least we got a moment with like these civilians who are like contemplating their death yeah for a minute you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you got other guy who who's just kind of like a piece of shit in this movie. Other guy. And he wants to leave. He's like, I'm going to run for my life. And Perry looks at him and he's like, fine, fine. I'll stay here and die with you guys. Well, where the fuck are you going to run? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and they're, I mean, I, I liked it. It was a moment. I don't know. Superman intercepts Zod's ship with the Genesis chamber and destroys it. Against Zod's pleas that if he destroys the ship, he destroys Krypton. Superman proclaims that Krypton had its chance. Feora boards the military plane with the capsule. In a fight with the colonel, the colonel replies to her, a good death is his own reward, before crashing the plane and the capsule in the ship, a singularity that sends both vessels into the Phantom Zone. Zod is now left alone. Grasping the ashes of his ship and comrades, he tells Superman that he was created for the sole purpose of protecting his people. Whatever action he takes, 
no matter how cruel, is justified for the greater good. Now that Superman has taken all that away from him, he no longer has a purpose and is filled with rage. We haven't mentioned Michael Shannon in this, Mm -hmm. but he is incredible. Yeah, no, he's a fantastic Mm -hmm. actor. I was thinking about this, and I think if I were to rank all the superhero movies villains, I think Michael Shannon Zod is like in the top three. Okay. Mm. I think like as far as acting goes, I'd say, yeah, but like the character character. himself, he's kind of (laughs) dumb. What do you say? (laughs) (laughs) Also, remember, he was designed. He's not like a natural, but like, why do you say he's all dumb? Right. Well, I mean, uh, first of all, he's staging a coup as the planet's ending. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What, <laughs> what the fuck are you going to rule? Oh. <laughs> Secondly, like, I guess I kind of get like, oh, you were like, you were groomed and created for this purpose, but like, now you have literally nothing left. You're not going to try to rebuild Krypton any other way. You're just going to get pissed off and. No, this is his plan. His plan is to rebuild Krypton on Earth. Why Earth? Did they research other planets? Well, they need they need the codex. <laughs> Get the codex. Go to Mars. <laughs> Mars? Yeah. Oh. Clearly, you don't need an Earth-like atmosphere or anything like that. Yeah. You just need a rock. Okay. Yeah, he's just <laughs> that- vindictive. He, if he's- yeah, he, he's just a stupid fucking dick. He just wants <laughs> he to hurt care about humans. humans. <laughs> um, he's upset that Clark's dad didn't agree with them so, uh-huh. so he wants to wipe out an entire race of people okay go, go to mars <laughs> but you guys can be neighbors what do you okay well, what do you what do you think about michael <laughs> shannon then no michael shannon's great yeah, he's, he's really fantastic <laughs> yeah no he delivers his lines very well remember he won an oscar for a movie that he was in 10 minutes of <laughs> I, I mean it was like a supporting actor supporting, yeah yeah but he was in that movie it was a i think revolutionary road mm-hmm. and he was in it for like He's also, the time he's in in it is oof. he's also really good at reading a sorority yes! letters. I love that video. Have you seen that, Chris? <laughs> I don't know if I have. I'll send it to you. It's, okay, it was yeah. like a, it was like a college humor thing or something. Um, it's fantastic. This, so it good. sounds familiar. He Let's it was like a <laughs> yeah yeah it was like a sorority like an email that this this bitch sent to her sorority about like how they're not cool and when they hang out with boys they need to be cool or whatever and she's super angry oh, no. so they had michael shannon read it and obviously like his delivery is just artistic oh, man. It, it's it's so good um he was also good in knives out yeah yeah oh yeah yeah i forgot he was in that movie because yeah. it's, it's not his usual i was about to say he's he's really good in um the fish movie shape of called. water Shape of Water. He's yeah, yeah, he was very in that good film. In that. Yeah, he was the bad guy, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he can't not play a bad. Michael guy. Shannon. Yeah, in any movie, go. Oh, he was the bad guy, right? And, he was and the, the bad answer guy, is yes. Guy, yeah. <laughs> but th- at this point in the movie, his his just delivery is so so. Good. No, yeah, you can tell that he's like he gave a hundred ten percent. Yeah. At this point, like Zod is basically a broken man. My question is, you wouldn't be if you just like asked clark hey can i get this codex and go to another planet and we can like kind of do our thing but it's in his dna yeah it's, fuck him he has to kill him basically <laughs> that's the point of them at this point yeah he didn't know that before though he already just wanted to destroy earth i mean maybe. yeah he was already on the destroy earth and kill clark train before he found out Be- before he found out the codex was mm-hmm. inside of clark that's true yeah. anyway i love him i love this we can argue the character but yeah, no. I love him as a villain here because his motivations are very 
straightforward. Right, right, right. And at this point, he totally just says what they are. He lays it all on the table. He's like, mm-hmm. this is my one purpose. I was bred for this, basically. And you took that from me. I have nothing anymore. <laughs> Grow up. All right. Well, <laughs> no. Character aside, no, he delivers these lines perfectly. Like you can, t- like I said, you can tell he's like a broken man at this point. Yeah, he yeah. just wants to kill Clark. Okay. Or should I say Superman? Am I going to piss off some WB executives? <laughs> oh, Superman and Zod begin to fight that slingshots them both in and out of Metropolis's skyline. As they fight, Zod, a trained fighter, quickly discovers his new powers that took Superman years to learn. He cuts a building in half with his heat vision and takes flight. The two land in the city's central train station, where Superman finally is able to overpower Zod in his chokehold. Looking onto human civilians, Zod questions Superman's choice to choose them over Krypton. He threatens a cornered family with his heat vision, to which Superman reluctantly snaps his neck. Superman screams in horror as Zod's lifeless body falls to his feet. This is the crux of this movie mm-hmm. for a lot of people. This is where a lot of people draw yeah. the line. This actually, Superman killing Zod was not one of my problems with the movie, actually. Oh, wow. Because the movie kind of made it to where like he was forced into it. He didn't want to do it. He clearly didn't want to do it. He was disgusted with himself after he did yeah, it. Yes, but the complaint isn't that. The complaint is that you wrote this to happen. You you wrote Superman into this scenario. I, I think it's an interesting scenario that he was put in. What I didn't like is the entire battle right before this. Okay, yeah. Where like Superman doesn't even attempt to take the battle outside the city. You yeah. think somebody that grew up in small town Kansas would be aware of... Uh, you know, all the people dying around him as he's yeah, shooting lasers and shit. I mean, I would say that, like, it's, like I, w- I mean, having heard all these criticisms for so long when I watched this movie this time, I was looking out for this. I'm like, right. What, what could have you've done differently? What could the character have done differently? And what could the writers of this movie have done differently? Uh, I would say, like, have Superman trying to lure Zod from the city, but Zod, like, doing something to either bring him back or you know, literally bring him back himself because yeah. Zod doesn't give a shit about the city or the right. humans or anything. Okay. That's, like that's... just something simple like that would make Superman's character seem better. But we also don't see Superman even near other civilians until this part, like right at the very end of the Not fight. directly, but I mean, well, sure, but you're in like... Metropolis in the middle of the day. Chris, I know you have thoughts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, that, Sucks. I mean, super. Just because, again, you can change interpretations from the comics. I feel like, though, and part of what makes him Superman is that he would have found a way around this, and okay. and and, fo- and having that be what follows up the just wanton, mindless destruction of Metropolis. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I don't know. It, there is maybe a story to tell about Superman being pushed to his breaking point and being forced to kill, which is something he doesn't want to do. That shouldn't mm-hmm. be the first story you tell. I can agree with that. I okay. feel like that's not earned, and then it's not dealt with. Uh, like, like the, the weight of the moment doesn't land because he... This is what I was going to talk about earlier, the tonal switch from this and him you know, wailing in anguish and... Lois holding him and then cutting to a really jokey scene right after it. It is just that broke my neck. The wait, the what, what scene? Uh, when he when he throws the drone down at the general and he's like, "You're trying to track me." 
And, oh, yeah. and, oh. and the general's like, are you effing stupid? He says effing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just all of that. It's like all of a sudden it's a scene that's like very light and airy and full of jokes. And it comes right after this moment. And the, it, it's given no room to breathe. There, uh, there's nothing in between those? Nothing in between. It cuts from, oh, from one scene right to the next. Because I like that scene. I like the scene with the general. Again, well, it, it like is a moment of too. levity. Yeah. But yeah, maybe maybe put something out. Maybe work your way in yeah, there. Yeah. You have some kind of a montage of like recovering yeah. from this. But what got me this time, it's anticlimactic. It's just like, oh, and now I'm going to snap his neck. And then that's, you know, there's all this destruction stuff happening. And then snap. Wow. It's over. I didn't mean to make him sound like Waluigi. I don't know. <laughs> it, it's just an I, anticlimactic ending to this battle that, it, like, and then it ends because, well, I guess I have no choice. I will break his neck. I'd also argue that the battle went on for just a little bit too long. I yeah. think that's. Yeah. I think that's what it is. I think if the whole fight had been a little bit shorter, it would have it would have landed better. Right. I don't have a problem with. The, the neck snapping. I'll get into it. But okay. I when they're fighting, there's a scene where Zod throws Superman and he goes through not one, not two, not three, <laughs> not four, but five buildings. Yeah, it's just like, like and, too and much I, at that I point. I get it. There's a skyline. He's going to go boom, 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 boom. But I'm like, OK, what what was wrong with just one building? <laughs> you know what I mean? What? Why did we have to kill it, another like five hundred people? Yeah, wonton is is the correct word to use, yeah. Chris, because it is like a very careless, it's senseless, yeah, um, yeah. amount of destruction. If you, I think, if you cut back on that, it, it would have worked a lot better. Because I like the characters, I like that they're fighting, I like where their fight goes, mm-hmm. I like all the bits where Zod is discovering the powers that Clark had all growing up, and he even says that he's like, I'm a trained fighter. Like, why do you think you're going to beat me? Yeah, I'm well, literally bred for this. Would you also say it was kind of a mistake for Superman to um, expose Zod to the atmosphere so early? <laughs> I mean, what choice did he have? I mean, it was like in their first little battle. And he's like, <laughs> now you got to get used to the atmosphere. Oh, yeah, that part. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, OK, well, he got used to it. Now he's as powerful as you, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but on the neck snapping thing, sure. On the one hand... You did write this in. On the other hand, when you look at most of these movies, most of like superhero movies, TV shows, whatever, there's a there's a trope that happens where they don't want the hero to commit murder and kill the bad guy. So they have to devise a way for the bad guy to kill themselves. And it happens (laughs) in all these movies. You know, Uh, Gaston kills himself. Ultron's a robot, so doesn't doesn't count. <laughs> doesn't count. Um, He's uh, sentient. Abadiah Stane kills himself. Uh, Loki pretends to kill himself, um, like twice. Exactly. <laughs> the list goes on because you don't want blood on your hero's hands, right? But you have to resolve the fight, right? Here we have Zod, who's saying, "I have nothing left. My only purpose is to fight." And now I'm going to fight you. He's like, I'm, I'm gonna literally not going to stop. Exactly. He says it right. And then you've got Superman there at, at the very least. I feel it was I'm scared to use this word brave for the movie to say, <laughs> OK, we're going to put Superman like he no, it, has it to, was a ballsy he has thing to for kill them the to bad do. guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like in what world does Zod kill himself? 
They could have um, thrown them in the Phantom Zone somehow if they really wanted to. But they already did that, and it didn't work. Right? <laughs> and also, if you want to get into it, Superman kills Zod in Superman 2. Uh, in the in the Christopher Reeve one, he like throws them down a thing. He definitely died in that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> apparently there's some like TV edits where they arrest Zod. What? That's a whole thing. Yeah, but in the in the in the regular movie, he kills Zod in that movie too. So like, I don't see that as a big deal, honestly. Okay. Um, and and sure, like we're not gonna see Captain America literally murder the bad guy in in their movies, right? They've worked their way around that so you don't put blood on the on the hero's hands. Right. But it's to me like it is a little unrealistic and I appreciate that you you are putting that burden on your hero that he does have to make that decision, right? Between unfortunately murdering the bad guy <laughs> or letting him live and then, you know, kill this family or kill other people or continue being bad and murder and blah blah blah. It is funny how this one family got Superman to kill Zod, but all of the, you know, civilian casualties throughout the city during their just regular fight. He was just like, eh. once <laughs> I mean, you see their faces, they're like, oh, well, I can't <laughs> let that happen. Yeah. yeah. If the building but, collapses. I mean, that's sad. If one family gets zotted to death. <laughs> that's sure, just yeah. the worst thing that could possibly happen. Uh-huh. Again, this this third act, this fight, if it, you if you shorten it in certain places, I think it works a lot better. I didn't hate it. This last time watching it, I think I forgave it a lot more than than I usually would. Okay, but I think yeah, if you if Superman didn't need to be fighting the robot, mm-hmm. the fucking world engine in India or whatever. No, he did not, and he didn't have to go through so many buildings. They that that had, fight could have been tighter. They could have had the military have something down there sure. do some shit. Exactly, and that know. would have been better. So yeah, this whole third act is just it's to me it's very messy. Which is a shame because everything leading up to it, I really do like. That's the thing, too. I think this third act puts a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths Mm -hmm. where if they if you watch this movie backwards somehow, you might like it better because I think (laughs) it starts off really, really strong. And at the end, it gets a little bit. So start off with the destruction of Metropolis (laughs) him breaking Zod's neck. And then I bet you're wondering how I got here. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. I don't know. Clark visits his mother to help her clean up the rubble left at their farmhouse. She asks what he'll do now. He says he'll need a new job, one where no one will question his traveling to dangerous locations in search of a story. A casually dressed Clark enters the Daily Planet and is introduced to its employees by Perry White, unbeknownst to all but Lois that he is their savior. Clark wishes to his mother that if only his father had been there to see him, finally use his powers for good. Martha Kent says... He always saw it as a flashback of a young Clark playing in a red cape in the laundry as Jonathan looks on proudly. How did he know to wear a cape and pose? Exactly. Yeah, in a yeah world exactly. With no Superman. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that is a little bit of a mind fuck. You're Maybe like, that was just him being like, man, this is cool. Yeah. <laughs> because I, here's the thing, though. I do visually like that scene oh, a lot. Me too. I, I, I love it's it. It's so good. I love it. They made sure to use it in the trailer. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was uh, heavily in the trailer. I, I really do like that. But yeah, what, to what you're saying is like, <laughs> like superheroes wear capes and stand in that position because of Superman. Right. So why would a kid do that in a world where Superman doesn't exist because he will grow up to become Superman? Maybe there's some other superhero because I'm sure they had comic books. Maybe. Yeah, it makes you think for a second, but also doesn't matter. You <laughs> yeah, know like I mean? it doesn't matter. It's, it's a good yeah. enough image that you're like, oh, I'll just roll with it, I guess. Yeah. 
But right. But the the theme here is that Pa Kent always saw what a hero Clark could be growing he up. He just wasn't ready yet, I, I guess. Just didn't <laughs> want him to be, but he's gonna be good <laughs> yeah. when he does. You better not do any hearing while I'm alive, but once I'm gone, save them. <laughs> once he decides to start ignoring my advice, he's gonna be a fantastic hero. Yeah. Um I do like this whole ending sequence though. Like it just a lot of it in a very bleak movie, it feels hopeful in a weird way. Well, it, I think that's which the is point. ironic in that after just making Superman murder someone, they do capture the hopefulness of Superman immediately afterwards. I think it's and, funny that it builds up to like the final shot is him finally wearing his glasses as opposed to like taking them yeah. off. Like it builds up to Clark Kent. Oh, this yeah. is the Clark Kent yeah. origin story. Uh, yeah. But. Um, it makes me sad that we went right to Batman versus Superman. I would have liked one more Superman movie. I'm like, right yes, there with you. An actual we, Superman yeah, movie. We've talked about this a lot where yeah. they shouldn't have gone. And it was because, you know, they're trying to play catch up with Marvel. Yeah. And they were so far behind. They're like, we need we need the team up now. How do we get there? I also would have liked the proper Batman movie as well yeah, in this universe. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've said this, but I think it should have gone Man of Steel. Maybe you could do Batman versus Superman, but then have him not die at the end and then do Man of Steel 2 with Doomsday in that. Have him die and then bring yeah. back him Justice League or don't have him die until like a Justice League 2 or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because I, I was I told Berto this uh, the other day. How would you feel if Iron Man was killed off in Iron Man 2 as opposed yeah. to Endgame? No one would care. you would be like, all right, whatever. Fuck this guy. But yeah. in Endgame, we had seen him in like 10 appearances. We saw him so. go through his ups and downs. We, yeah. He had an entire and character it, arc. And so when he dies, that moment really, it means something yeah. to everybody. Because at this point, you care about the character. Oh, yeah. It's earned. His struggles are, at least while you're watching the movie, your struggles too. Yeah. 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 But we just never really got Superman. We Yeah. <sighs> You know, we get this movie where he's learning to be Superman. And while I might not agree with the choice of the choices of how they resolved this movie, I I understand the argument of, well, he's learning how to how to be a superhero. I didn't think that that was necessarily portrayed well enough in the text to excuse it. But I get that that was probably what they were going for. And. Then we go right into Batman hates Superman. Superman dies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Death of Superman in his second story. Yeah. It, yeah, he, it, he, it is too soon. Snyder really just wanted to get to death of Superman. Uh, and <laughs> I, I've been sort of the conspiracy minded thing where it's like, maybe he just doesn't really like Superman. Like he seems like he <laughs> is more in tune with like the Batman corner of the universe, which is fine. And why do you helm a Superman I movie I, I immediately? Because when someone says you want to make a Superman movie, you go, yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, true. I, I mean, I'd argue that it might have been the studio that's like, we need to get like we need I, to get the ball rolling 20, because we're behind. This movie yeah. is being made in 2012. Avengers, uh, Avengers taking over the world at this yeah. point. Yeah, because the first one had just come out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're surrounded by all this pressure. I think what they're saying is like, we need team ups. In a world that we hate, we don't even yeah. have solos yet. They they took mm-hmm. the wrong lesson from that then because oh yeah the reason why Avengers was big was because we had those solos leading up to it. Sure, yeah. they, it got people hyped. It got people to know the characters. That way, you don't have to introduce all the characters again. Yeah, 
They took the wrong lesson from Avengers, and they took the long the wrong lesson from the Dark Knight movies. Yeah, they <laughs> they everyone seems to remember the Dark Knight movies as being dark and serious and gritty, and they're like, "Well, this is how we're gonna distinguish ourselves from Marvel is by being dark and gritty." The Dark Knight movies have a lot of great light moments, a lot of great humor throughout. Yeah, they, they are they're not completely dour movies and it felt like that was the direction they steered into following those saying yeah this is this is what people want a dark and gritty superman movie and they're not the only ones we got a dark and gritty fantastic four movie for crying out loud oh man that and that was we're gonna talk about that eventually yeah Yeah. (laughs) But when your main um, character is called Mr. Movie. Fantastic, you can't go dark and gritty. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I will say that was probably one of the most boring superhero movies I'd ever seen was. Sounds bad. Yeah. I don't know. Like overall, overall thoughts. Like I, I really do like this movie. I like it a lot. I think it's, it's one of those where if you can tighten up a lot of bits mm-hmm. and it would have, I mean, this wasn't a, a super negatively, like this response wasn't super negative for to this. No, it, it was, it, it there was, was a little bit of the next movie, but mm, yeah, I think what really works in this movie is that the main story is written by Chris Nolan and then screenplay by David S. Goyer. And so these are obviously the same guys who did the dark Knight trilogy. And I think they, what they really focus on is on a superhuman story. Um, yeah. And, and this is a coming of age adoption story for Clark Kent. And then how do we weave that into a Superman story? And I think that might have hit a lot better if, again, some of these other things were kind of like tweaked a little bit. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I said, play the movie backwards and you might like it better because <laughs> it starts off really strong and then and then it kind of flutters yeah. at the end. But I don't know. What do you think? I do like this movie. I think it's one of the better DCEU movies, actually. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's really saying much <laughs> with what we've been getting, but... um. Regardless of all the issues I have with like the final battle and everything, the rest of this movie, it actually does feel like there's quite a bit of like heart in it. Yeah. Yeah. And and the other thing is like, do you like what is hope? If Superman is supposed to embody hope, what does that mean to you? Because for me, it doesn't mean like, you know, Christopher Reeve is just kind of like this. His depiction is, is just this overall super nice guy. He's patting the kids on the head. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's taking pictures with them. He's he's being a good role model. All that stuff is great. But for me, if I think of hope, I think of like bad times and persevering because you're holding on to hope. The light you know, at the end of the tunnel. It's a light at the end of the tunnel. Exactly. So like I have no problem with this movie being bleak and Superman being the one to bring you out of that. Now, whether or not this movie executes on that, that that's up to for debate, I think. Because oh, big I, time, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think they could have done more with that. I think Clark Kent could have been a little bit more optimistic, more hopeful. And we, we just watched BVS too, where he's almost naively optimistic in the beginning of that movie, and then it kind of crashes after that. For it didn't him. last very long. Yeah, <laughs> but so so they're they're aware of this at the very least. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think you, maybe you had done a little bit more with this character maybe a little bit more optimistic, maybe a little bit more hopeful in certain parts, maybe especially towards the end. And that yeah. might have translated better. So like throughout the movie, make Superman like a, a beacon, basically. Exactly. Yeah. But th- that's why I'm saying like, I don't have a problem with this movie being bleak because it's that's what it's trying to push forward. 
that Superman is the hope and the optimism and the faith, you know? I can see that. I don't know. Yeah. Chris? Yeah, I I wish I liked this movie more because I want to like it. And there are parts of it that I really, really enjoy. Watching it again, it's like, this is good. But then there would be, just be another scene where like, this is not. And <laughs> in the end, the bad outweighs the good for me just slightly. Okay, yeah. Enough to make it where I'm like, ah, don't need to watch this again anytime soon. But it also does make me want more of this. You know, I like, I would like love to see some more Henry Cavill Superman. Oh yeah, eventually. Yeah, I would too. I thought he was good, and there, you know, there, there, there is promising glimmers here and there of what could have been. Yeah, I was telling him this, but you know how like Marvel has retroactively made. Iron Man 2 better mm-hmm. and Age of Ultron better and and, Thor, and Thor the Dark Thor better mm-hmm. because Thor the Dark Thor, Thor, the Dark Thor yeah. whatever because <laughs> they, they they just came back around from it are you hopeful that like maybe this Snyder cut Justice League retroactively improves these movies by providing more context am I personally hopeful that the Snyder <laughs> cut will make this movie saying, seem better i'm saying do you think there's a world where i don't know you go back and you're like well you know knowing what i know now this movie might oh yeah i think i think that 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 could definitely be done i don't think that's happening anytime soon not for me at least but <laughs> i am very happy for all the people that 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 does happen for um okay. I, you know i i think i think another solo superman movie uh with maybe a little bit of a different outlook on things yeah could work and could make me maybe especially if it's done in a way that engages with man of steel although batman versus superman already kind of did that was the let's engage with the the ramifications of man of steel yeah and you know just kind of kept on rolling with the superman kind of sucks train (laughs) yeah yeah a little bit (laughs) <laughs> some things i really do like about this movie are the production design the visuals mm-hmm. i think that's what Zack snyder's really yeah good any with. Zack snyder movie you're gonna have good visuals yeah, yeah yeah a lot of this movie you could pause it almost anywhere and it's it's a great like desktop background <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean yeah um i love the costumes the actors mm-hmm. there's so much good in this movie that individually that you might kind of be disappointed that like it doesn't hit as hard as it does. You know what I mean? We didn't yeah. like, like, mention Zimmer's I, theme. Uh, oh, oh, I've got it right here. Music <laughs> oh. is next. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. Well, wow. yeah, that's what I'm going to. Is also like the music. What do you What do you think about the music, Chris? Now that you brought it up, yeah, I I really like it. Uh, it's It's hard for me to compare it to the John Williams theme just because that one has like permeated pop culture for decades yeah, now, for sure, as like shorthand for a superhero. But mm-hmm. I think that the Zimmer the flight theme in particular, just it really works. It's like, again, I, I don't want to be like, like too negative, but like it, it makes me feel the way I want Superman to make me feel. It's, yes. it's very like, kind of like that hopeful driving, yeah. you know? So yeah. like that over him learning to fly is that's part of what makes that scene so great for me. That's the thing. Like, I think the music matches the character so, so well. Does it match because- the movie though? I mean, that's what you guys are saying, but right. like, I think it matches the character of Superman. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. Oh, yeah, so yeah, well, yeah. Because it is such a simple theme. It's it's in the key of C. Like, it's super bright. Mm-hmm. Um, it's super simple. It's played mm-hmm. on piano. Like, and it's just 
Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and that's it. And then later on, there's another one that goes, hmm, 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 All right. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. It's the simplest thing. And that's something that Hans Zimmer really excels at is picking a theme that's a little melody that's so simple. And then, and then he weaves it in and out. He textures it within his score. Yeah. This is one of my favorite themes of his period. And I think the next movie, Batman vs. Superman, has the best score out of any superhero movie. I think musically, that's the best one. Oh, wow. Um, and, there, and there's so many other great examples. But at the very least, like that's something in that movie that I can say 100% this is my favorite. I think my favorite superhero score is honestly Doctor Strange. That's a good one. Yeah, it's I like very, that. That's a very good one. Chris likes it. Yeah, we've talked about it before yeah. at length because that's another one that's like very appropriate to the character. And it fits. There's a harpsichord. record. Yes, it's really good. Yeah, it's very but, mystical. Yeah, but and, and again, there's something musically about this where it's just such a simple thing, and then there's like these like deep chords underneath that makes it feel like Superman is alone like he is he's doing this on his own it almost fits the visuals of this movie better than it does the themes if that makes any sense no it makes sense because the, the themes aren't like super it's so weird because like yeah this is a superman movie but is it i think it is like i said well i was talking about nostalgia i think so many people are so attached to the reeve superman and then that super, those superman movies that they kind of can't let that go and look at something different. And that, you know, kind of like sours their impression on it. I think that brings this movie down a lot. I think it's hard for people to just take a fresh take on something, even if it's perfectly valid in its own. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that's one of the things that brings this movie down the most. And that's why I don't like when in justice league, uh, Danny Elfman brought back that Superman theme because I'm like, that Superman theme is great. Don't get me wrong. I love the music for Superman, but that belongs with that film franchise. Mm-hmm. And this is something different. And if you just bring that over, then, well, fuck, you might as well bring back, you know, Reeves from the dead. Like, wh- where do <laughs> oh you draw God. the line? I know. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> at that point, you might as well do Superman Returns where it's like, oh, we recasted everybody, but it's the same universe. Yeah, we all know how great that was. You know what I mean? Like, what? Anyway, so that's my music. You guys, let's let's wrap this up. It's late. <laughs> I'm super tired. Um, well, another thing I'd like to add to like your little list of things that were cool about the movie. Yeah. Um, the action itself was not bad. Oh, no, it's great. It was almost like a live yeah. action Dragon Ball Z fight. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's hard to do. Yeah. That, because that uh, the do. Dragon Ball movie couldn't even do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Or but even then, think about Matrix, the third one. Revelations. Revelations. Revolutions. Yeah. Revolutions. Where Whatever they couldn't, you know, it, it looks super CGI. It looks and video like video gamey. This, I mean, when you got two, you know, super powered people flying through the air, I think action wise, this does nail it. Yeah. If it was, again, a little tighter, a little less destruction y. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we were, we talked about this today. Did you notice the scene where Superman pal drives Zod through the concrete, like down a street? They did in today's episode of uh, WandaVision. Yeah. It's almost shot for shot. And again, it's, I'm not saying one copy the other. There's only so many things you could do with, you know, mm-hmm. these flying characters. I'm sure <laughs> Dragon Ball Z's done it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but Chris, any final thoughts you want to? Um, I mean, pretty much covered covered everything. It's uh, 
Yeah, it, it, for me, it's like half of a good movie and half that leaves me wishing that it were a little bit more like the other half. Sure. Okay. Which I guess speaks a lot for the half that's good. Yeah. Yeah, no, the <laughs> yeah. half that's good. For it's sure. like, okay, yeah. I the, It was nice to be reminded that, yes, there was stuff that I do like about this movie because mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. like, I felt like I remembered that there were things that I liked. Seeing them again, I was like, okay, yeah, no, that part is good. Like, there, there are some really, really enjoyable moments in it and some parts that really feel like what I what I would like to see in a Superman movie. All right. So, so sure. yeah, it's uh, my opinion of it hasn't changed too much, but, you know, may- maybe maybe I've been a little <laughs> harsh on it the past few years. Okay, okay. <laughs> and then, like I said, we're unlikely to get a Man of Steel 2 at this right. point because yeah. they just pretty much announced that they hired... J.J. Uh, Abrams. J.J. Abrams and... Uh, ta Coates. ta Coates. Yeah, thank you. Who wrote for Black Panther um, and has written uh, a couple other books and is likely to recast a black Superman. So it might be Val Zod or... There's a, there's a couple versions of the character that they could go with, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Like, But for me, it's like... You, we were saying this. If you do it on a comic, it doesn't cost any extra money. So they could do a million versions of Superman. But when it's a movie that does prevent a man of steel with Henry Cavill. Yeah. yeah and, I, it, and it is a little. Yeah, go ahead. I, I, was saying, I wish they could do this as an Elseworlds or, or something like, like they did with Joker. Where sure. they yeah. could make it. But then also we could have another, you know, give Henry Cavill another shot for maybe yeah. a Superman oh. movie that resonates with more people. Is exactly. that Batman movie Robert Pattinson like another like Elseworlds pretty, type thing? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, they might, I can't see that being related to anything that's. I mean, currently... they, they recasted all of them, so yeah. and, and it might it, they might one day say, oh, whatever, like Flashpoint brings it all together, and now Robert Pattinson, Who and knows? now everything's canon. Yeah, exactly. Who knows <laughs> at this point? Um, and they might do the same thing with this guy, yeah. uh, the the next Superman, but. It, it just bums me out because it does in the movie world, it does prevent more Henry Cavill from happening. Which and it comes at a, it, yeah. And it comes at a weird time because like a few months ago, they said that they signed him for more Superman stuff. They didn't say a solo movie. They said cameo appearances in other movies, which we assume is like a, a Shazam, Shazam two, two. which Black is Adam. like Black Adam or something like that. But it's, it is very disappointing that he doesn't get a second movie. Like yeah. Ant Man's getting three movies. Why can't Superman get two? Well, Ant Man's fucking awesome. So. <laughs> okay. So I don't know. Yeah. Final thoughts. I just I don't know. I I really do like this movie. I think the strength is in in some of the writing, like the big picture writing, the Chris Nolan, probably what he was involved in. Mm-hmm. It, it does feel very human. Uh, there's there's some execution things that I think could be tightened up, but overall I I like it. I liked it better this time now that I knew the stuff that like made me bother me a little bit going in. But yeah, so that's it for our bonus episode. Next time we are going to do one on Batman versus Superman, Donna Justice, and that'll carry into Zack Snyder's Justice League. So I'm super excited to see that and see how that affects our maybe our thoughts on this movie in the next one, right? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So uh, next time you'll see us for Batman versus Superman. That is available on HBO Max. I guess. Maybe. Um, I know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I do know that the new remastered version of that movie is available on HBO Max on March 18th also. Other than that, we are also doing Justice League as a, as a regular episode because now 
it has kind of failed, right? And now this movie yeah. might push it out of canon or the other way around. I don't know. So we're going to do that one, the 2017 movie. That's coming up. We are putting it off, though, because as soon as we finish these movies, you and I were like, I don't want to watch the bad Justice League now. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want. Yeah, I want to see it as intended first. Yes. I want to make see a judgment on line. that and then compare it to the Joss Whedon nightmare. That exactly. I don't want to break <laughs> up all like these three movies as intended with that. So yeah. we're going to put that off and do that afterwards. And we might review the Snyder Cut. That's up in the air. So so that's it. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks to that piano dude for a musical intro. Make sure you guys leave a rating or review. Tell a friend. Every like, um, friend. Tell every every one of your friends. I'm telling Chris right now. <laughs> <laughs> tell you know, so so do that. You can find us on Instagram at Films from the Phantom Zone. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Films from PZ. If you want to contact us, argue with me, that's the place to do it. <laughs> <laughs> All our hey, hey, I'm I'm waiting for someone to just like give me a hot take. All our episodes are available on YouTube also if you want to listen on there, if that's how you like to digest your podcast but um and then chris where are you available if you want to find my uh my podcast assembly required an mc retrospective uh we are available on apple Podcasts, everywhere the podcasts can be found uh you can find us on twitter it's at assembly cast uh we're also on facebook but yeah uh thank you both so much for having me on i really really appreciate it It was a lot of fun yeah man yeah thank you for coming to step into Sorry. a different universe for a for a change i've been yeah. talking about yeah. marvel for so long it, was, it, it was is yeah out. oh yeah i completely agree when i was when i went on your podcast to talk about wandavision i'm like it feels good to talk about something good this is new and good this <laughs> yeah. is old and sucks yeah <laughs> yeah yeah guys so other than that we will see you next time goodbye bye bye